Hey, welcome to the 210th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony, and this is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. A big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter and be really cool by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. And if you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from heck which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week currently we're looking back at 1989's avengers west coast by john byrne so a lot of vision and uh, scarlet witch stuff a lot of wackiness great lakes avengers all, all that good stuff if, if you've been missing it want to revisit you can come join us but if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash heck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or four. That is ko-fi.com slash heck. So this week is, are you ready for it? I've learned something this week. Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. So <laughs> probably like the one thing I was really looking forward to is how to pronounce Shang-Chi because I've been saying Shang-Chi for like ever because I'm just an idiot and I didn't know any better so I'm I'm glad that I, I know how to say it now because it, it does bother me and, and it whatever so you, you get that so uh, we'll hear about that uh, there was a, another kind of surprise uh, last minute uh, movie feature Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. This is like the week of the long movie titles, I guess. Uh, I, I can't fit all that in when I... Anyways. And I want to talk about the, the rest of Clickbait. So the, the Netflix show that I, I talked about. I really only talked about the first episode. Uh, so I just kind of want to touch on it. I'm not going to spoil it. Because one, it might not be... If you're not interested in it, it might be like, okay, I don't know who these characters are. Who's Nick Brewer or whatever. So I'm just going to give my overall thoughts because I, I do feel it's worth watching. So you can kind of hear my argument for it, even though there were some uh, there's some eye rolling moments for, for me. But I was I stuck through it. I mean, I wanted to watch it. So there's that. You're about Titans. Uh, what ifs? A big multiverse episode of what ifs? Sort of multiverse, I guess. And uh, Stargirl, Legends of Tomorrow, comic books. I guess I'll just touch on it now because I'm not going to officially go into it. So I don't know if it's going to happen. But Adventure Time distant lands the fourth episode fourth and hopefully not final episode came out and uh i didn't i i never know when these things come out these episodes come out because they're just so it's not on a schedule it's just all of a sudden i'm like oh that came out and uh then i don't really plan to watch it which i know that may sound silly but with uh teaching during the day boohoo and then you know trying to do all this stuff it, it's and I, I need to I need to plan this if I if I can. So I started watching it, and I still ha haven't watched. I started watching it a couple days ago, and as much as I love Adventure Times, I still haven't been able to finish watching it just because of, of everything else. And I mean, it came out I think Thursday. Was it Thursday? And you know, it's Thursday. I went to the movies, and I watched Titans. You, you get it, you know, whatever. So um, I started watching it, and I have to say, so far. It might be my least favorite of the four episodes, and and I hate to say that, but you know if, if I'm being honest, and there's only four of them, one of them has to be you know the least favorite of the four. It doesn't mean it's bad, but it has to do with a uh, peppermint butler, which maybe I'm in a minority, but peppermint, but I mean Be peppermint butler, if, if you watch Adventure Times, is a is a pretty fascinating character. I mean not not a major character, you know front and center A team character, whatever A level by any means but he, he's an important character he's had some big moments 
um, in certain episodes. And what is happening here is interesting, uh, you know, as we, and I don't want to spoil anything in case you're, for whatever reason, still watching, still catching up or something like that. But it's uh, it's kind of dealing with, with, and, you know, maybe it'll get better. Um, and, and again, not that it's bad, but as I was watching, it was just like, okay. So I need to finish watching it. I don't know if I'll, I'll come back to it. I mean, maybe I'll just mention it at the beginning of next week and say, yeah, I, I ended up loving it or something. So we'll see about that. But let's just uh, start with the news to get into it. So that's kind of like all the, the intro stuff. I'm a little, I don't know how I feel about this. Rocketeer. So like many, I, I, I think, you know, many would agree. Rocketeer is, was like a, a, an amazing movie. It's pretty cool. Although it's been a while since I watched it, I have to admit. But is there's just something about it, and it's just unfortunate that it wasn't a box office hit. And I think because of that, that's why we never got more. But there was some just something about it. I really want to watch it now. Maybe I should watch it tonight. And I always wonder, it's like, you know, are we ever gonna get a sequel? You know, it's like, oh, why didn't we get a sequel? Because there's just it was pretty innovative, I think, for the time. You know, Rocketeer, even though it's like it has that old timey feel. I'm pretty sure that Rocketeer was created in like 82, but then the movie came out, was it 91 or 92, something like that. And it, you know, it, it feels like this is a character kind of like, like the shadow or, or like Tarzan or like Tracy, you know, like all these characters from the olden days. I know they didn't, those characters I listed didn't all come out at the same time, but you get what I'm saying. So it was, it always seemed kind of weird that we never got anything more of it because there was just always something about it. But now we are getting something more. And and despite me like wanting more, of course I'm going to be a little nervous. Uh, so it's going to be a Disney Plus thing, which that doesn't mean anything, <laughs> which I should mention this. Uh, I'll, I'll get to something in just a second. Uh, David um, Okoyo is going to be producing it, possibly starring in it. And... I don't know if there's been much details. Like I don't, I don't know really know what the time period is. If it's going to be like current day or if it's going to be you know a little bit after. It's not totally clear if it's going to be like a sequel or in the same continuity because obviously you could do it where like okay, Rocketeer, you know, time goes by. Unfortunately, he had to retire or maybe something you know drastic or worse and you know whatever. So someone else finds a rocket you know, the, the jetpack and becomes the new Rocketeer. You know, there, there could be something like that, you know, whatever, for whatever reason. That's fine. You know, I, I would almost rather that, you know, unless for whatever reason you decide you want to go back to the same time period that it occurred, I would almost feel just, you know, modernize it a little bit and, you know, just say, hey, unless you want to have the character invent the backpack, if someone found it, and then tweaked it and, you know, whatever does stuff like that. That's fine because then you could say, yeah, it's in the same universe. It's not an official sequel, but if you really want to, you can pretend it is. You know, so I would almost rather that. Kind of like how Candyman, you know, last week I, I mentioned, I talked about Candyman. How it's not, I you know, you, I, you can't say it's a reboot. You know, because with, yeah, I don't want to go into details. But, you know, it's in the same, somehow unless you watch it, you know, it's in the same, you know, continuity. I almost said same universe, but you, so I think that's what they should do, but we'll see. I'm, I just, I'm, I, I mean, I guess I'm a little skeptical cause I feel like, you know, a lot of people love Rocketeer. So it's like, Oh, let's try, you know, cash grab. Let's just try to do that. But maybe that, I mean, maybe that's not the case because since it wasn't 
a box office smash. You can't really call it a cash grab if if it didn't make cash to begin with, unless they're hoping that like oh there's it's a cult hit, and there's that nostalgia. So you know maybe we can you know cash in on that. I, I don't know. So we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, Charlie Cox. So this is like I, I'm. I wonder how he's feeling about all this. If he's like just tired of people are like like I'm not in Spider Man. You know, just stop asking me the same thing. You know, is he doing like not interviews? Um, auditions. That's what, is he doing auditions for other things? Why isn't he in anything else? Has he done anything else? He may have. And so, anyways, with the the last Spider with the new Spider Man trailer, No Way Home, and you know. I don't. I don't know why people react to this. So there's a scene. If you've watched the trailer, and if you haven't, I'm sorry. But there's a scene where Peter is being interrogated by the police, whatever, and someone like kind of slams down some files. So you see these arms with like the shirt sleeve rolled up, you know, like a dress shirt rolled up, and everyone's like, "Those are Charlie Cox's forearms. That's him. Matt Murdock's in a movie. Daredevil's in a movie. Confirmed." I. I never got that impression. Well, one, I guess maybe I'm not a creative or astute or whatever, but I would never have assumed that. And then the other thing, if you look at that scene, he's being interrogated. I, I, I would take it as he, Peter is being interrogated by police detectives and the police is slamming that. Well, why, if, if Matt Murdock was his attorney, why would he slam a file down in, this, in, in, in front of his client's face if he was his client? If he's opposing it, if he's like not his, his attorney, he wouldn't be talking to him in an interrogation room? You know, so I, I just don't get the stretch, the leap, the, the grasping at straws that like that's Charlie Cox. But what he said, he's like, he's like I promise you, he's like, those aren't my forearms. But then people are like, yeah, because they had a stand and do that part. So it's the stand ins for, I mean, and that could be totally the case. If that was, I would, I would laugh. I would, I would laugh at myself and laugh, you know, because here I'm just like so adamant that that wasn't him. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not in it. I'm not certain. I would love for him to be in it. I'm not going to hold my breath at all for him to be in it because I, I just, I don't want my heart to be broken and, you know, disappointment. So it's it's just kind of kind of funny and that people and and it's great you know people are excited they want to see you know these characters back I want to see the the Netflix characters back I want to see the Agents of Shield characters back but I just I feel like and I've been saying this from the beginning I feel like there's just a lot of red tape Marvel Studio because I think Kevin Feige even said that it's not a hundred percent clear where the rights are if they're still tangled up or whatever because you know originally it said. After the show is canceled at Netflix, you know, two years they get the rights back. But I think he said it like, well, it's it's not that that easy. Or it's not that clear cut. So I don't know. I I feel like I think I feel like the biggest thing might be like a money issue where I feel like if they wanted to use, well, I guess they don't necessarily have to do that. But I my my thinking is if they wanted to use Charlie Cox Daredevil, they would have to credit whoever quote unquote created that version of daredevil even though it's based on the comics and, and not i mean i don't know if that's how it works so whoever the showrunner was or you know if it's jeff Lowe being you know president of marvel tv at the time or whoever where they would have to acknowledge them for doing that but i don't know i wonder if there's like a loophole or whatever where they can say okay we're gonna have daredevil we're gonna have the same actor but we are just not gonna reference 
anything that happened in a Netflix show. So that way we can say that, oh, this is multiverse. You know, that Netflix was a, a different, you know, universe, but without officially saying it. And in that way, they don't have to acknowledge anything. Because the, the, the big question is going to be, if they decide that they want to have like Kingpin or, you know, do something else. And if they decide they want to do something that's going to contradict a little piece of history or character development in one of the shows, you know, that's, that's where it's going to come up. Cause like, what if they want to use Luke Cage, but you know, he's like, Hey, sorry, I'm doing this TV show now. I can't do this. So they're like, well, we really need to use Luke Cage. So we're going to recast. Sorry, dude. You know, thank you for, you know, your service, <laughs> your time. And then I don't know. So we'll have to see. I feel like I've, I've talked too much about, about this. It's not Charlie Cox in that the trailer. It's not his arms. <laughs> uh, what else do we, we have, though? I'm trying to think. Is there any other? Uh, whatever. I don't know if there's any other Marvel news. HBO Max. I didn't even hear about this. So there's going to be an Aquaman. And whenever I say Aquaman, it sounds weird. Aquaman, King of Atlantis animated series. I didn't even hear about this. How did I not hear about this? Why am I not hearing about this? So it's going to be three episodes, but it's also going to be on Cartoon Network. And it's kind of dealing with like his first day on a job as a king or whatever. You know, he has a lot of catching up to do, I guess, with all, you know, Atlantis's history and stuff like that. There's no premiere date. Uh, so, you know, probably at Fandom, you know, they'll, they'll probably make more announcements with, with that. But yeah, that, that was a, that was interesting. Another thing, there's going to be a Merry Little Batman holiday special. Which is going to be a, that's going to be on Cartoon Network, so that may not be on HBO Max. I would like it to be because then it's easier for me to track down. Because if it's just on Cartoon Network, I guess I could watch it on the Cartoon Network app, but I'd have to set my DVRs. Like, okay, when is this? Uh, the this Batman thing. There's no premiere date for it, but Cartoon Network apparently is doing this Acme night um, Sundays at like 6 p.m., which is probably East Eastern and Pacific maybe. It's so Acme Night is going to be starting on September 19th, where I think they're doing like new animated like one-offs every week or something like that. So I think there, there's talk of like a, a Looney Tunes movie or something like that or, or whatever. So at some point, we'll probably closer to the holiday, probably I would say November, probably, we'll have the Merry Little Batman. And I don't know if there's any inf- other information like, like, what's the animation style like? You know, is it going to be, like, animated series? Is it going to be, like, Brave and the Bold? Is it going to be, like, just the DC universe? Just whatever. So, I guess they don't want to tell us that. <laughs> Jungle, Cru- Jungle Cruise? I don't know why that sounds weird. Jungle Cruise 2 is officially happening, which I, we probably could have predicted. So, uh, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt are attached. No release date you know they, they got to work on a script and all that but i guess it's going to happen at some point uh injustice the dc animated movie has a premiere date so that's going to happen on october 19th so that should be cool to see how they do it compared to the the video game and the comics like where did it, you know are they just telling the story from but they'll probably just tell a back background story of the game so and then then if it's successful you know they could do obviously sequels so we'll have to see about that Star Trek Picard. So if you've been waiting for that, like when is that coming out? When was that happening? Uh, so for season two, they've cast a Borg Queen. Uh, I forget who they cast, but it's, it's someone. I think there's been two other actresses that have portrayed the, the Borg Queen. So she's going to be in there. So that's that's going to be interesting. Uh, the Borg always kind of, so it's always something fascinating about them. 
you know, it was, it was an interesting time. And and then just touching on the stuff with like Picard and I forget what, what they called him and everything. And, you know, hopefully we'll get more seven and nine because, uh, you know, that'd be, be good. Poison Ivy fans. Um, sorry, maybe. I don't know how uh, what to think of this. So Poison Ivy is going to be in Batwoman. Uh, she's been cast. Bridget Regan is going to be portraying Pamela Isley. And uh, I guess uh, Brittany, uh, Bridget Regan, I'm not, I'm not familiar with her, sorry. Uh, she was a bit in Paradise Lost. Uh, she, had, she had a recurring role in Jane Divergent, so these are things I, I never watched. So hopefully it'll be good. Season 3 starts October 13th. I never watched season two i only watched the first episode and yes yeah, so i don't even know i don't even know where it's at like in terms of production like did things get better did they say the same um no idea uh ghostbusters afterlife has been postponed for a week so only a week uh so that is going to be coming out so instead of uh i think veterans day it's coming out on the 19th other movies that have been uh, pushed back is uh, Top Gun, because I think that was supposed to come out the 19th. So that's coming out now on May 27th, 2022. And then uh, the next Mission Impossible number 18 or whatever it is, that's been pushed back as well. And I, I forget that date, because maybe that was going to be in May, and that's been pushed back. They're bumping everything. I, I always find it fascinating how like the studios kind of like lock in these dates, you know, they call dibs on these dates, and then when they push something back, then it just kind of bumps it. So rather than bump it to like the next month or whatever, they bump it to this next you know date that they call dibs on. You know that that's like their big thing. But that's that's how it goes. There was a new uh, little teaser for Why the Last Man. Um, so Why the Last Man comes out on September thirteenth. So that's coming up, and the, the little teaser is just basically how. Yorick is on the run, you know, he's the last man, and there's, like, you know, some women that are going to want to kill him. It's probably like the Amazons, if, if you read the comic. Uh, maybe. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. I Fingers crossed. I mean, it looks good, so we'll see how it is. And, you know, just from the, the, the two teasers, or trailer, whatever, I don't know how I feel about this lead as Yorick, but that's, I'm sure it'll be, it's going to be cool, so... We shall see about that. And I'll be talking about that because that's going to be on FX and Hulu. I don't know if it's the same day because some of the FX shows, it's like next day on, on Hulu, which is understandable. You know, try getting people to watch the network stuff, you know, with the ads and everything. But then if you don't want to watch ads or if you don't have cable, you need to just watch it the next day uh, on Hulu. Uh, the last bit of news. So it's comic news. Uh, Marvel is doing uh, like eight sort of like future miniseries. So if you know me, you know, like right now, I'm literally like rubbing my temple. Like, what are you doing? Um, they have like, you know, Jason Aaron, Dan Slott, you know, they have like actual you know, creators. It's not like we need some fill-in creators to, to do this because, you know, we're moving offices, you know, whatever. I just, I guess we'll see how it is. So basically what we're going to have is Devil's Reign, Avengers Forever, Timeless, X, like the letter X, Lives of Wolverine, X, which is the letter X, Deaths of Wolverine, She-Hulk, which is awesome. Uh, She-Hulk's going back to like law, but again, if it's a future thing, then maybe it doesn't, it's not going to be the same continuity or whatever. And there's Fantasy Four Reckoning War, and then Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. But it's funny with Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, for like the, the creators, it's like top secret. 
or confidential or something like that. No, it's just that you haven't figured out who's doing it yet. Or you haven't locked it in. So it's not that it's confidential. It's just you can't know see it. But you know, they, are, they are committed to doing it. So that, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how, how I feel. You know, these doing future stories and everything, you know, that's all cool and, and interesting. But you know how I felt about Future State. Or future state, future future state, yeah. I I just because at the end of the day, when it's over, it's it's the same thing with like Heroes Reborn. Heroes Reborn, we're seeing little tiny snippets, seeds, whatever, with Nighthawk and Nick Fury Jr. But other than that, I'm sorry, there's no like lasting consequences, whatever. No, nothing major. Whether there's other little ripples or whatever, nothing major has come out of it comic book stories don't have to, you know, they don't all have to deliver and, you know, set something up or what, you know, but I'm just looking at it now, you know, after having read comics for so long, you know, I think about, and I think about like the price of comics and how, you know, people are in budgets and, you know, people need to make decisions, you know, they want to read these books and it's not like anyone's forcing them to read it, but like if you're, an Avengers fan, if you're an X-Men fan, if you're a whatever fan, and then there's this other offshoot book, and it's like the only thing that's coming out, you're kind of feeling compelled. And some people have that completest, you know, nature where they want to, you know, read all the what's going on. So in that regards, it is kind of like forcing them in a way, but not directly. You know, Marvel's not saying you have to read this or you're never gonna read a comic book again or whatever. We're gonna hit you in the ear. I just I just look at it and it's I'm I'm just like okay, so this is a future story, is that because you can't tell the future, you know like DC the like the the five years what was that five years in a forward thing those things never came true, you know not not and thank goodness none of that stuff happened, but you can't tell these future stories because comic book time never reaches the future, that it's it's a slow crawl. Time passes slowly. It can't pass normally because the characters would be like dead by now. You know, if if Batman was born, you know, a hundred years ago, when would he have been born? You know, maybe around this time, close to this time, maybe not quite. You can't, you know, have these characters. You know, time has to happen differently. So if you want to do a story that's just five years in the future, that doesn't mean that in twenty twenty six we're there. Because time happens differently. So it's just like, what's the point of doing? And then you can't say, okay, in uh, 10-ish, 7 years, 10 years, whatever, this is where I want the character. You can't do that. Because editors are going to change. Writers are going to change. Other stuff may happen. Whatever. You get what I'm saying. So we have that to look forward to. Hopefully it'll be cool. And again, so not all stories need to deliver some big, huge, major thing. They're supposed to be uh, entertaining. And you know that that's the main thing. So it's just a matter of is the entertainment worth your buck? And that that's my my main concern. Where you know I look at like Heroes Reborn and I felt like you know it just I don't I feel like some of that stuff bothered me more just maybe because it just totally flipped the you know destroyed the Avengers and it you know just I, it it almost to me felt like insulting to the characters that I like. And yes, that was a point of the story, you know, destroying the Avengers and then them having to, to remember everything and, you know, rejoin or, you know, come together for the first time again. So anyways, <laughs> let's just, that's, that's it. That's going to be the news for this week. If you're excited, let me know.
Oh, wait. <laughs> One other piece of news. Um, HBO Max is a, a supposedly, apparently doing a pilot, or they ordered a pilot episode for Dead Boy Detectives. With that, that's I. That's really cool. So, Dead Boy Detectives, I, uh, they appeared in Sandman. So, it was Neil Gaiman. I, I think it was Matt Wagner. And then there was a, a miniseries. I, I know, I'm pretty sure Neil Gaiman didn't write the miniseries. I'm trying to remember who did that. But it was just really cool. So, Dead Boy Detectives... I'm going to totally butcher this up. One kid was killed, like, it, I mean, it might have been the 1800s, early 1900s, you know, at a boys' school. And then this other kid gets murdered, like, in a present. And they kind of meet up. And rather than going to the afterlife, they're, like, they're detectives. And it's, uh, it's there's something about it. I really want to go back and read that the, the series now. It's going to be, so, yeah, possibly an HBO Max series. You know, we'll have to see how it goes. But I think... They're also going to appear in um, in Doom Patrol, or maybe it's Sandman, or I think the characters are 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 set to appear in something else. You know, they they've been cast maybe, but this pilot it doesn't necessarily tie into that. It's going it could be totally separate. And that's like my, my, my horrible, like I, I'm butchering the actual, fa- I don't have the facts, <laughs> and, but yeah, I just remember that I, I heard about that. So that, that's really cool. So go back and check them out. I mean, if you've read Sandman, then you, you probably know more about Dead Boy Detectives than, than I'm able to recall right now. But I just remember there's something just kind of charming, which I, that may, I know that's not a good descriptor, but I just really enjoyed that series. It was just something something about it, and it, it's it's different. So you should look into that. You read if and if you haven't read Sandman, man, get on that. You're you're gonna be happy. Um, so now that is gonna be the news for the week. All right, with comic books at Image, we had Geiger issue six. So this is a uh, kind of like the conclusion sort. There's gonna I think there, I'm pretty sure there's like an eighty page. Geiger special coming out, whatever. This is kind of like the the series finale, and you know it was meant to be like a mini series. We are gonna get more in this world, so this is. I mean, it's the end of a story arc for a story arc, so maybe we'll actually get a Geiger Seven. You know, I don't think this is. I don't think they're not calling it a mini series or anything like that. So this wraps up like some of the main stories and everything like that. And I, I feel they did a good job with, and, and by they, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank and Brad Anderson and and, and colors. But they, uh, it, it was just really good. There's really fascinating. And when I first read this, I was like, "This is this is kind of interesting," you know, seeing this new character and and just like the backstory. And then we, you know, saw more about the world and everything like that. So I'm really intrigued with with what what is going on here. And then um, there is going to be another series. Oh, what is it called? Something Joe Robot? Not Robot Joe. Is it Robot Joe? There's something uh, that's coming up later and. I, I just enjoyed this. So if you haven't read it, if you've been waiting for the trades, then well, lucky you that you get to read it all at once. But I really think, I mean, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, I mean, just look at everything that they've done together. And it's, it's, I, I just love this, this pairing. You know, it's, it, it's exciting, you know, whatever they do. And, you know, it's, it's cool seeing this, you know, new world, new characters, new universe, and, you know, to create our own this and that. So it's it's really cool to see this, and I I can't wait till we we get more. So I think November we're getting more that 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 eighty page one, and I'm not really <laughs> I don't know exactly what's in there because I don't read solicits, you know that because I as as a fan I want to be surprised, but I know my job I should be 
informing you. So, sorry. Uh, Jules Verne's Lighthouse issue five, the fifth issue came out. This is a, a this series I haven't read like the past few issues. I I think maybe did I only read the second one? I was intrigued with the premise of this in the beginning, and uh, I do have the issues. You know, I, I did get them, and I I plan on reading it at some point. But there is something it just I don't know. It just didn't click for me personally. You know, it doesn't mean that anything you know bad about about the book itself. So I am curious to to read it at some point, and but you know how I get about stuff like that. So that came out, and um, I wish I hope I hope it was successful, and I uh, hope it did well. Undiscovered Country, I'm still so far behind on that. That came out. Spawn came out. Savage Dragon, yeah. So I didn't read any of those. Um, I, and it's it's weird with a uh, IDW. I haven't read anything at IDW in a while, and. I really need to get caught up on G.A. Joe. There's no G.A. Joe that came out this week. But what I'm also wondering, did I miss Back to the Future Transformers? I must have. Because I feel like I feel like there's so many Transformers comics that come out. And usually what I do, which is maybe not not the good best way to do it, is I kind of look at the previews list. Um, like I'm, I'm actually looking at, at the screen right now, so I remember like what came out. The problem is there's with so many Transformers... I sometimes it gets lost in there when I just look at the text because you know there's like this week there's Transformers 34 cover A Transformers 34 cover B Transformers Cream Gr- Grimlock 2 cover A Transformers Cream Grimlock 2 cover B so it's like there's four listings for Transformers so sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle because I just see like oh cover A cover B covers you see whatever but then there's really one so I'm assuming it came out and I know I can easily look it up and I should but yeah, I just I don't get around to it sometimes. Um, at Boom Studios, I did not read anything. Buffy the Vampire Slayer issue twenty nine came out. It's crazy because I I tr- started trying to read. Wasn't it like nineteen or twenty or something like that? And now it's already at twenty nine. Man, time is like flying by. Unless they they come out more than one a month. So that came out, and then um, I don't I didn't read any of death many deaths of layla star i don't think i read it issue five came out of that and i'm really curious about this we only find them when they're dead i don't i know nothing about this but the eighth issue i love that title i and it you know reminds me uh something killing the children i i just uh you love me in the dark whatever the scotty young book which the next issue comes out and i don't mean when i say whatever i do not mean that as an insult next issue comes out this week um, I just there's something fascinating about these titles and and maybe that's a, like the cliche thing now or whatever not cliche or I, I don't know what I'm trying to say but I, there's there's something I, I enjoy these longer um, less traditional titles and I I, I just kind of like them at DC um, oh, I was gonna look at this uh, what I realized like right before I started when I was looking on Comicsology and I do not like the way Comixology groups the DC comics. I'm so used to, I would read the DC comics on a DC app. I read the Marvel comics on a Marvel app. And with with this, they're just, I, I feel like sometimes it's like, okay, did am I missing something? Because there, there was one week where stuff didn't appear right away. Because I, I go to publisher, I go browse publisher, DC comics, then just added, which would mean you know new stuff. Unfortunately, just added also means oh here's a what's an example Aquaman fifty four from whenever from when did this come out? Does it say from from nineteen seventy? 
is just added, but it's not new, obviously. So, you know, I have to like sift through to figure out which is new and which is just added. But there was one week where there was like some new stuff that didn't show up right away. And I was like, wait, I know that came out, but it's not here. And then it's just really weird. Maybe it was Marvel that, I don't know, there's something. So what came out, I think it was Thursday, which is probably why I missed it. There's a Harley Quinn animated series um, comic. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, my goodness. I do got to read this. Picking up from the cliffhanger ending of Harley Quinn animated series, Harley and Ivy are in a run after narrowly escaping Ivy's ill... Well, I guess I shouldn't spoil it in case you haven't watched Harley Quinn yet. Yeah, so that that's interesting. I need to read that now. Because I, I, what's interesting is how is this going to affect, like, season three? You know, are, are they going to touch on any of this? Or just like, hey... This all uh, this stuff happened. You're supposed to read it, and if you didn't, sorry. So we we have that. Um. So okay, what came out? Uh, I feel like there wasn't a lot this week, and I'm probably gonna miss. I feel like I'm gonna miss something. If I ever miss like a new DC comic, I apologize because with the comics coming out on Tuesday, and sometimes I get I read them earlier before Tuesday. If you know through DC, I tend to forget what what came out because my memory is just my brain is i guess just reaching maximum capacity with useless information so teen so sometimes i may like oh yeah that i felt i read that like two weeks ago but it wasn't two weeks ago anyways teen titans issue six came out i i like this series and i'm i'm on the fence with the whole idea of a teen titans academy i'm not really sure where they're going with this you know just to it makes sense in a way, you know, and not trying to say, oh, they're just copying the X-Men or Avengers Academy or whatever. But it makes sense that, hey, if there's this, like, a bunch of, like, new, young, powered, you know, metahumans or po- whatever powered people coming up, we need to help guide them safely, you know, teach them how to use their powers, make sure they don't put a risk to themselves or others. At the same time, it's like, okay, so you have, like, Dick, or, you know, Nightwing is supposed to be here, but he's—I guess—he's kind of stepped back a little bit. But then you have—you have Beast Boy, you have Raven, you have Cyborg, you have Star- Starfire. They're all kind of running the school, but then that kind of limits them because now they are locked into running the school. They can't go off on their own adventure because they have responsibilities at the school. It's just like I can't fly to New York. Well, I, I could, but if I want to go, like you know, New York Comic Con. I have my responsibilities at at my school. I'm not teaching kids to be superheroes, uh, but you get what I'm saying. So I don't know. Anyways, when with this issue, it's like all these new characters. I think they're new, you know, new to the series. So for me, because I'm a little stubborn at times, it's like I don't really care so much about some of these characters because I'm not invested in them. Doesn't mean that they're bad characters or anything like that, but I just like man, I don't need new characters. Where's the characters I love that aren't in any comic book right now they're in comic book limbo and you're giving me these other characters. So a, a bunch of these kids, they go to upstate New York and they kind of get pulled into like, what? why is the town abandoned? You know, because one of the, the kids, they used to go, they went to this lake. You know, they wanted to just like, you know, whatever, ha- you know, have a party at the lake. And, you know, they would hang out at the town, too, and, and they would go there, like, every summer. But there's the town's, like, deserted. Like, what's going on? And 
and we slowly find out what the deal is and there's i mean there's the actual there's that definitely story and development there but i was just like okay um infinite frontier issue five uh what's weird about this series you know it is interesting and i i feel like I feel like it's a big deal and whether it's because infinite's in a title and I, you know, that infinite tends to be like a big deal with, with DC, especially like the crisis and stuff like that. But as, as we read this, I feel like, okay, there's, there's a lot of heavy duty stuff and may, and there's a whole thing about the multiverse and the general population knowing about the multiverse where I think that's crazy. We had just all these big things happening, you know, talk of dark side and you know Roy Harper being back, but he's a Black Lantern, and you know people disappearing, and JSA, and but what's we? I feel like this book is also very isolated. I feel like it's like what's happening here is you know like Flash is in here, and and okay, so if this is Barry Allen, you know the Flash is currently focusing on Wally West, which is like I didn't even it just felt like that just happened, which is awesome, great. So I, I feel I'm waiting to see like repercussions in other books and maybe we, I don't know. So that, that's just my thing as I read this, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Is this actually dipping into, I feel like the same thing with, um, oh, what's, what's the <laughs> checkmate with that? It's like, okay, is, is this affecting other books? It should, cause there's some big crazy things happening, but it's like not lining up and, it could be off by a couple. That's that's just my annoying hangup is you know trying to figure out where does everything line up. Is this happening before this other book or is it happening after? And I know sometimes they don't want to mention that, or clarify that because it could spoil things. But it just makes it a little confusing. And I know it's just like it should be shut up, just read and enjoy the book. But it's just a hangup I have. Okay, then, uh, so anyways, uh, so with Infinite Frontier, I mean, it is good, you know, the stuff, you, uh, I don't, we, Jade, we finally see what happened to Jade, but it's, it's just weird, like, I don't have, I have no idea what's happening with Roy Harper and what this means, and so, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, so I am enjoying the book, even though I have these little hang-ups, so it's, an, it's annoying. It's annoying probably to hear, it's, it's annoying to me. Static, um... Issue three, season one. I'm I'm enjoying this book. My question, and I feel like this is probably like from some interview that I just missed or something like that or some announcement, but I don't really know where this takes place. And I, because I read the first issue, and so I didn't see when like Static got his powers here. So my question is like, is this early in his career? Is this retelling stories that have already been told? Because I haven't read Static before. Uh, you know, I didn't. I only read uh, you know, the occasional milestone comic. You know, back in the day, so I'm not like super familiar with it, and it's just yeah. So that's just my confusion. I'm still able to enjoy the book, and I'm, I'm curious to see like what's going to happen as you know things go, go on. But it feels like the way I'm taking it is that you know he just recently got his powers. But again, where did that happen? And you know, did they they just recently retell that? Maybe I missed. Uh, you know, because I weren't they. I remember posting about when they were going to release these comics. So there's probably like a one shot or something issue, and I just missed it. And maybe that explains where things happen. So I need to track that. I need to. I should probably go back and look at the write up that I did with the announcement from the press release. But but yeah, so so it's it's good. Um, Wonder Girl issue three. It, this what is the, okay? When did this come? For issue one. 
came out May 18th. Issue 2 was June and then issue three was August. Okay, so that's why I feel like it's like it feels like it's been so long. So for whatever reason, there is a slight delay, and you know I'm fine with that. Um, I really, I really like this character. There's something about the character. I don't know what it is. When I first heard about the character, I was a little reluctant. With Joel Jones' art, it's great, but then there are moments where I forget who who's doing the uh, who else is doing the art. But wasn't there someone else doing art as well? And you can, it's kind of close, you know, because I think Jordi Belair does, you know, colors for all of it. So you have the colors that kind of help with, make it a little consistent. But there's still moments where all of a sudden the art's just like, it's a little different. It's like, it is, you know, obviously it, it's someone else, you know, drawing it. And it just, it kind of shakes me up a little bit. I'm like, wait, what happened? And I'm like, oh, it's okay. A different artist did this page or something. I don't know where, where this story, I mean, it's just kind of telling her origin and it's kind of weird how, you know, she has these, it's like almost like she kind of jumped into these powers and just, you know, she's accepting it and, you know, she's trying to figure things out. And then now the, like the Olympian gods or whatever have taken interest in her and, you know, taking, you know, taking her out of, you know, away from where she was at. And I, I love that Cassie Sandsmark's here. But it's like, what does that mean for her? You know, she's not going to be calling herself Wonder Girl anymore. Are we going to have two Wonder Girls? You know, we have kind of two Batgirls, right? So I'm just, I'm just really interested in, in this story, where, and that's the thing. If, if you, as long as you keep Cassie Sandsmark, you know, I, I don't, I didn't like the idea. I think at first, it's like, okay, we want to include a person of color. You know, here's a, a Latinx, you know, superhero. She's Wonder Girl, and it's like, well, what about Cassie? And they were like, we're going to sweep her under the rug. You know, we're going to replace her. So as long as, you know, she's still around, and I wish Young Justice was still going, because I was that was like the one Brian Michael Bendis comic that I was really enjoying. So it'll be cool if Cassie, you know, whether she's directly involved with, with uh, Yara Floor or just whatever. Yeah, I, 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 I'm down with having a new wonder girl as long as it doesn't eradicate the other version you know she can graduate to something else i guess i don't know so we have that so it's it's a good series and there's only three issues so you don't have a lot to catch up on uh batman fear state alpha issue one this is what's weird so i I don't remember if i talked about the free comic book day issues but when i was reading this i was i felt like did i already read this before and you know part of it is it's almost like i don't know if it's going back and it's mainly because we have scarecrow here and scarecrow was in the previous batman run you know but with james tynan and uh this simon what's his name uh the dude that's trying to get all the what did they call the peacemaker dudes you know trying to get this militarized police force in gotham Simon, what's his name? Last name. Anyways, who cares, right? Or I mean, people do care. <laughs> who cares that I can't remember? <laughs> so with this, it's kind of going back. It's like, wait, but Scarecrow's been around a while, and now you're like talking to him for the first time. So is this in the past? Is this so that there is that thing? There's some some uh, kind of big things that happen here. Is you know trying to establish and and that's the weird thing. It's like trying to make Scarecrow like a bigger deal, like a bigger threat. 
is weird because I've never taken him seriously. And I know he, he, he should be like super creepy and everything, you know, especially if you play like the, the Arkham games where, you know, there's some moments where it's just like kind of freaky as you're trying to, especially when you're playing late at night in the dark. And, uh, so we'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, part of me, I feel like, you know, as while I have complete faith in James Tynan IV's writing, you know, crafting these stories, I'm just kind of looking at, you know, we keep getting these big epic stories that are like overtaking the entire city, you know, like the city of Bane and, and just, you know, just like all this stuff. It's like, man, why does anyone live in Gotham when, you know, just like the whole city is like held hostage by, you know, the, the villain of the month or villain of the arc. And it's just, it, it, I feel like it needs to tone down a bit and, you know, not to compare it to other arcs, but it's like, we need a little more concentrate. And, you know, we, we are getting that in, in the Batman books, you know, like, especially like, you know, the detective, you know, it's a whole other, you know, little thing. And, but it's just this whole, I think that just a whole idea, like how this dude is like, and with the mayor, which I don't like the mayor, what's his name? I feel like it's just, just really like grasping Gotham and just like holding it and just, uh, so may, it's kind of maybe it's putting me a little on edge or something like that. And, you know, that's, that's probably the point of it. But I'm just kind of like, like, oh, man. So you have that. <laughs> okay, there is also Aquaman 80th Anniversary 100-page Spectacular. Uh, you know how I feel about the 100-page books. I They're fine if you love the characters. And it's great because we get all these different characters or these different creators to tell their stories. And you get to see a bunch of cool art. But when it's like, man, I don't have time to read a 100-page book. And with Aquaman, so I've, I've, I mean, I've always liked Aquaman. I haven't loved Aquaman. Uh, it was, you know, Jeff Johns and with Ivan Rice, right? New 52 Aquaman was great, great series. And, you know, we, we've had, you know, Jeff Parker did some cool stuff. and uh, But I just, reading some of these, these stories, I'm just like, uh, you know, I... I, I don't know what it is. And, and I'm not trying to jump on to like making fun of Aquaman, you know, train, whatever. Cause you know, I, I do feel that there's a lot of cool aspects to his character. And, you know, and again, Jeff Johns did an amazing job to really pull him out and shove him in, you know, in front, in you know, center or whatever. But just some of these stories, I'm just like, mm-hmm, okay. So I, I don't even, I didn't, I'm trying to think like when I went back and read this, did some of them, some of the stories were cool, but then some of them, I just would start reading it and just like, okay, what's next. And I, I feel bad about that, but it's just like not grass holding my, my interest. So we'll see. And then I don't know where Aquaman's going from here. Maybe, you know, it's been in the solicits. I don't read. And I know, you know, Aqualad is going to be the next Aquaman. And it's like, what does that mean for Aquaman? And, I don't know. So we'll see. Um, and then there was Batman Superman 2021 annual. I started reading this. I was like, oh, dang it. It's like continuing this the storyline that's been going on. It feels like it's been going forever. And I feel bad that I, I'm not digging the story uh, with the, what's his name? The, I don't even remember what, what the guys, the Arthur, Arthur.io, where he's like, manipulating timelines or created a timeline or whatever you know the, the art that we had in the the series was really cool and then francesco francovia does the art here 
So it's cool to see that and see these like kind of it's almost like golden age versions of Batman and Robin and Superman and like Lois and you know all the other characters. But I don't know. I feel like I just don't have the patience for this book, and and maybe it's just me, but I'm just like, oh, man. So I you know I started reading annual. I was like, <laughs> it's the story is. I thought the story was over and it's still going. Oh. And then there's a Harley Quinn 2021 annual issue one. So I've been kind of on the fence with the Harley Quinn series. You know, I feel like it doesn't line up with her appearances in Batman. And, you know, maybe it's like it's been the art styles just been like really drastic. And, and you know, it, it shouldn't have to be the same. But for me, it just so kind of like how we had the Harley, which I need, well, I'm definitely going to read, you know, as soon as I'm, I'm done here. You know, we had the Harley Quinn animated comic and I felt like the Harley Quinn, it's kind of like that where it's a, it's another story, but it's in its own like continuity. It's not like not in the main and it doesn't have to be, you know, not all books need to be in the main continuity. You know, we could do these fun other books, you know, especially if you want to explore the character in different ways or do different things. But with the Harley Quinn series, I felt like it's, it's been kind of like that. Anyways, with this story, this was a, this was a fine story. I, I was actually kind of interested in this and, and, you know, I don't feel like it's going to shake up, the, you know, who Harley is in the continuity and you know, all this stuff like that. But it was an interesting storyline with, you know, one of her side, you know, something happens to Harley and this guy's like trying to, you know, get some help and everything like that. But then what I realized, um, you know, because I was like so long ago when I was reading it and I know it wasn't that long ago. I can't, I honestly cannot remember if, if I finished reading the issue or not. So, uh, but I, I, I do want to find out what happens, but at the end I can predict whatever happens. It's, it's just going to be a nice self-contained story, which is what annual should be. You know, it always kind of drives me nuts when you have this, you know, big story arc and then you have, you know, one of the, the parts or the conclusion, or whatever is in the annual. Because I feel like annuals should be self-contained. So if someone just picks it up, they can read it. If you're picking up an annual and all of a sudden this is like part 18, they'd be like, what the heck is going on? And I feel like that could be like a really bad thing, you know, for, for people that, you know, it's, it's going to be like a turnoff. So this was, this was cool that it was a, a self-contained. And it was, it was a fun story, which is what it should be. So, yeah, it may not, you know, drastically alter or add to the who harley quinn is a character in comic books forever but it was enjoyable so i know i'm kind of going against what i normally say but yeah so it, there were some fun moments there all right over at marvel we had avengers 48 and world war she hulk um winter she hulk whatever they're calling her and i I don't know how we feel about this. It's cool that she hulks like, you know, the main focus sort of whatever here. Uh, it's weird seeing her red because, you know, we already had a red she hulk. It's weird that. She, so, OK, because of her brainwashing manipulation or whatever by the red room or whoever, you know, the winter guard and all that. So her skin got turned red. OK, but then her skin, her hair also turns blonde. And I, so as I mentioned when I was talking about the news about the She-Hulk series, I just, I really miss She-Hulk. And while we've currently had like the more savage, like She-Hulk, just, you know, her just calling herself Hulk or whatever. And 
uh, you know, being a little more muscular and and a little more monosyllable syllabolic so monosyllables. <laughs> I feel like there should be a word for that. Maybe there's not. Maybe I need a one syllable word description for that. So I I just miss. And, and it's it's kind of like a fine line, you know. I don't just want She-Hulk lawyer, but you know, there, there's some some there's been some fun books, fun stories, where you know, a little on the jokey side. And and yeah, I'm thinking back to John Burns comics, which maybe I should go back and read those sometime. But when when am I gonna find the time? So I I don't know. We'll see see where this goes. And it's just weird because you know she's being controlled and. At first, it's like, okay, maybe she's not completely being controlled, but I think she is. And uh, she's attacking Atlantis here, or, you know, and that's, she's just going hardcore on them. So that's, that's going to be, um, be bad. Um, what I noticed as I look in a Marvel app, uh, Black Cat Volume 5 came out. Uh, you should be reading this. Black Cat, great series. I really, really dig it. Captain Marvel 32. This was interesting. Um, the Last of the Marvels. And uh, she gets attacked by someone that look, kind of looks like, you know, it's like one costume she had before and where she was like uh, forced to take down the Avengers and kidnap them. And, you know, and she was whatever, you know, for who was it for? Some, some, someone, some dude. And uh, so she gets attacked. She's trying to figure out like who's attacking her. And then she realized, oh, they're probably being controlled by the suit or someone's controlling them. So she's worried about who she's hitting and trying to take down, you know, without want, you know, she needs to stop this threat, but she also doesn't want to hurt whoever might be inside. So we do find out who's in there and um, I, I don't, I, maybe I shouldn't spoil it just here. I'll, you know, I can talk. Uh, yeah. They don't show it on the cover. Um, it is someone that we've seen, we've seen just like pretty recently in another book. And uh, what this comes down to is Marvels are being targeted. So um, th that could be Monica Rambeau, could mean Kamala. So basically anyone who's called himself Captain Marvel. And so that, that I think that's interesting. And uh, I, I just, I'm looking at this now, I, even though I just said it, it's like issue 32. That is awesome. I love, thank you, Marvel, for keeping this book. Thank you, whoever, you know, everyone who's buying this. Because uh, you know Kelly Thompson, you know, she's been doing a great job, and I'm I'm so glad that this book has survived. I really, really wish her West Coast Avengers was still going on. I I just I love that book, and I love her uh, Black Widow book. So you should be reading Kelly Thompson stuff and um, this Captain Marvel. I'm really intrigued with the storyline. I think this is gonna be cool. So. If you haven't been reading, uh, pick up issue thirty-two. Good, you know, it's a good jumping on point. You haven't heard that lately, but I so I, I did enjoy that. Dark Ages issue one. So this is Tom Taylor and Ivan Coelho. Uh, so this is what's interesting about this. You know, we we've seen like some teases about this, where you know, everything's like going dark. Instance of Dark Ages. It's an out of continuity book. Now, I know what I just said when I was talking about the news about all this, and I'm just like rolling my eyes. I was like, why are we doing this and all that? But I think with this, maybe because this is a little more self-contained, even though, wasn't there like a, I thought there was like another name to this. Okay. Yeah. I felt like when I read it, it's, it's Dark Ages something, something, something. <laughs> but this is just Dark Ages. It, it kind of tells a story, you know, this 
basically like what what happens is all like electronics get have to be you know put put down have to be stopped so that's big news for some people like what does that mean for iron man what does that mean for people who need these medical devices and and stuff like that because um, I, I I'm trying to think like did I think Spider Man even lost his web shooters, which that was weird. Because uh, basically, in order to stop this threat, which I won't go into full details about that, they had to open this portal, which was kind of emitting like a sort of like EMP thing, but then it's just like a continuous EMP, or you know, for certain reasons or whatever. So it's just it basically it's everyone going to have to adjust you know, in this new world. And, you know, you might be like, oh, there's no, you know, electronics, big deal. But it is a big deal. Um, if that happens, I'm not going to be able to do a podcast anymore. So what I have to do, like, write everything out and then try to, okay, subscribe and I'll mail it to you. And I'm just going to write my thoughts. That would take so long if I had to write out what I thought about everything. So, yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, Demon Days, Cursed Web came out peach momoko i didn't read this just because i haven't been like super crazy about the other ones and i mean gorgeous art and everything and the stories are interesting but because it's like it, it is so like out of continuity and it's just i can't spend the time on it you know personally so if, if you're digging that you have another issue to to check out another series hellions issue 15 i i struggle with this series I, th- I think it, I blame Mr. Sinister. You know, he's he's always been an interesting villain because, you know, with just uh, what he's had his hands on and everything. But I'm just, like, kind of tired of just what, what he's doing and what he's trying to... I don't know. And then also, like, the villains, uh, whatever, Tarn, the uncaring, whatever. You know, I, I just... I don't really care about these characters. I am interested, you know, with, with Quanon... Uh, Psylocke and Havoc, you know, being here, but most of the other characters, I don't really care so much about them, and it it, it just makes it a struggle for me. It is good that this isn't a typical X Men book, so it's not like all the other ones. So it it does have its own, and you know, they're I guess they're doing a pretty good job, like separating these books a little bit like that. But I'm just having a hard time with it myself, and that doesn't mean it. I mean, if if you're loving it, I'm not trying to say you're crazy. Um, but it's just, yeah, I'm just kind of, kind of struggling with that. Uh, if you haven't read Heroes Reborn and you've been waiting, uh, Heroes Reborn, uh, what is this? America's Mightiest Heroes Companion came out and Heroes Reborn, America's Might, wait, oh, volume one and two came out. So you can read those if you want to know what it's about. Uh, Last Annihilation. I was like, wait, Last Annihilation, is this still a thing? I, I'm totally losing my memory, my mind. I'm losing my mind. Last Annihilation, Wicked and Hulkling. So I'm not, su- I don't, I cannot figure out why I struggle with the co- Marvel Cosmic books, sto- with the Marvel Cosmic uh, stories. I don't know what it is. I love these characters. You know, a lot of the characters are so cool that are involved with them. But like, you know, I will go on record and saying like Annihilation I did not love Annihilation. Big, huge things happened. But it's just... Maybe I just don't like Annihilus. <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. 
so with this, you know, we still have this big war going on and Emperor Hulkling and, you know, it's like blah, 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 all this. And I just, I'm, you know, kind of lose interest in, in, in all that. What is great about this issue here is we we get like some flashbacks with uh, Wiccan and Hulkling. And while some of it makes me roll my eyes a little bit, you know, in the past when you see them, and, you know, this is a, a thing that I've talked about. Whenever we have, and I'm just going to say gay characters, they're always so lovey-dovey. You know, it's always like holding hands and kissing and hugging and just, you know, physical contact. That's all fine. You know, like Rick Springfield said, we all need the human touch. <laughs> I actually just listened to that album this morning. Uh, so... I just feel like whenever there's gay characters, it's it's almost like, hey, we are now we're we're now allowed to do this. We want to show it. We are accepting. We are embracing. All that is awesome. Is great. Again, I I applaud. I'm so glad that we can have these characters that no people aren't freaking out, aren't having like their pitchforks and and torches or whatever, or boycott this. You know that this whatever. You know not everything is about you. Not everything is about me. So I, I think it's great when we have these characters, but a lot of times, you know, we've had gay characters, you know, for for, for quite a few years now in the comics, and I, I think for me because I am accepting in real life IRL. So when we see these characters in a comic, I don't make a big deal about it, we, even though it is a big deal. I mean, it should be a big deal because you know, even like. Maybe ten years. I mean, you hardly had you know any characters, hardly any mention of it. And I know I, I you know went on my, my not really a, a tirade, but my little thoughts or confusion over like Tim Drake now suddenly being bisexual, you know stuff like that. But I feel like when we have gay characters, it's almost a little too much of that. But that being said, I feel like with this story, they did a, it was a, it was a, a great job showing them when they first met. I don't know if we've seen that so much before, but it also kind of it brought us back or brought me back to like the Young Avengers, and I love that series. It was so great. I like want to go back. You know, Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung just is such such a good good story, and and just those characters are, are just something about them. I, mean, I really really enjoy them. So with this, you know, while we have this war against or this fight, this battle against Dormammu inhabiting ego to living planet blah whatever i don't care about that but then seeing these flashback moments with hulkling and 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 maybe because they're separated so there wasn't all the, the total lovey-dovey stuff i don't know and not that i'm not against lovey-dovey but i i just say you know when you see superman and lois it's not like they're being lovey-dovey all the time every once in a while they may embrace you know, same thing like Peter and Mary Jane. I mean, they never get a chance to embrace because Spider-Man's life is just sucks. <laughs> so I don't know, but I enjoyed this issue. So that whole long spiel, as much as I hate the or hate or struggle is what I'm trying to say. As much as I struggle with the Marvel cosmic books, I enjoyed this one. And even though it has Annihilation in the title, when I saw it, I'm like, are you serious? Annihilation? I thought we were done with that, but we're not. And there was even like a checklist for it. So I was like, where have I been? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, are there any other book? Okay, this is the only one listed here. All right, then we have New Mutants uh, 21. I love the art. I absolutely 1,000% love Rod Reese's art. And 
as I say that, I'm looking at my beloved Moon Knight commission I got from him that's hanging on my wall, framed. I love that Moon Knight. I love his art. Uh, I don't love the story in here. And part of it is because of friggin' Shadow King. Um, who do I hate more, Shadow King or Legion? Uh, it might have to be Shadow King, maybe. Uh, they're different because they're different. I mean, at least Legion has some some redeeming qualities in a sense or whatever. But Shadow King. So there's a. So I don't know. I, I struggle with some of this. And then some of the other kids in this book, you know, with with their attitude and inhabiting dead bodies. It's like, what the heck are you doing? But the intriguing thing here is that Gabby Honey Badger was killed. Who killed Honey Badger? So we're, we're getting some information there, and so that that's holding my interest there. Okay, then we have Sinister War number four, and <laughs> I don't know what to make of the Sinister War. It's just been like villain, 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 villain. It's like so many, like every single Spider-Man villain, and he's even talking about it. Uh, you know, Spider-Man's talking like some of these guys. Like, he barely remembers. Like, why is he fighting this guy? It's like, when did we ever fight or something like that? It's just more Spider-Man trying to survive and get get by. It's, it's what are you doing, Kindred? What is your it's just you know? If you have a problem, why can't you handle it yourself? Why are you manipulating? You know, doing all this and yeah, that's a smart thing to do. But it's just like, bleh. so we we have this, and I'm still waiting for for something to happen to, to, for this story to wrap up. It's cool seeing all these characters, but I, I feel like it's just villain fighting villain, you know, some villain fighting each other, some villains fighting Spider-Man. And so there's some, some cool, there is a, Oh, I do want to say RIP to a certain someone who uh, made a little sacrifice and Nick Spencer. Wh- wh- what are you doing? <laughs> Why you, that can't be permanent. Uh, so yeah, there's that. And then, uh, the last issue is a Star Wars High Republic issue nine. So, um, new story begins here. So you can jump in here. I'm still kind of struggling with uh, trying to figure out, you know, get to know these characters and 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 to care about them, you know, because I I don't have that investment with them. It's just. You're kind of trying to get used to that, but it is cool hearing and um, or cool seeing these different characters. But what I, I do like is that the Nihil are involved. So I feel like we haven't really seen the Nihil so much in this comic, but having listened to a few, I think I've listened to three of the audio books in this High Republic series. And uh, so, you know, with the Nihil were a big part of the, the main one, I think it was a Charles Soule one. So I'm I'm curious to see more of them, like with what they do and everything, because you know they're just a bunch of space pirates, but they're like really bad and you know evil. So I, I'm intrigued to see where this is going. You know, trying to infiltrate the Nihil, and and there's so there's some interesting things here. So I'm I'm on board with that. And with that, um, yeah, I didn't read Web of Spider-Man issue four. I don't know what's going on in that comic. I don't know. I want to know who that comic's for. It's not for me. So it doesn't. I'm looking at the preview now. Who the heck is this? Is this oh, that Amadeus? Yeah, I don't. Oh my gosh, I don't know what this comic's going on. Anyways, that's gonna be comics for the week. Okay, with DC's Legends of Tomorrow season six episode fourteen, there will be Brood, 
there will be blood, brood. So it starts off, Zari goes to John's house. She sees the place is trash. Evil John is just standing, staring out the window. And, you know, because they have no idea what, what's going on. Which, I guess it's not, you know, I I'm, I, I realized when I was first watched, I was thinking, like, it's like, oh, this is Evil John. Where's Good John? But that is John. Evil John wasn't actually a physical being. He was just like this psychic manifestation or whatever in John's mind. And he just took over John's body. Okay, so at first I was like, where is John? So this is John. Uh, he says that you know, he's never felt better. He's like his old self. She immediately asks, like, you know, like, what's up with you? What's going on? And then the others walk in. They're like, where's Bishop? Because they, they know Bishop talked to John because he took the, the comm from, who did he take from? From Rory, I guess. Yeah, right? So they're like, you know, where is he? Because he, he must have sprung Bishop. John tells him not to worry. Denzari tries talking to him, you know, that she's just trying to help him. And he, like, snaps at her. He's like, how many times do I have to tell you? He's like, I don't want your help. So then she's just, like, confused now because, you know, he was trying to kick his habit, whatever, the, the vampire blood. And, you know, he was accepting her help. And now, all of a sudden, he doesn't want, want her help. And, you know, he said that, uh, you know, so that so you know, he wanted to start over without the, po- the potion. But then Sarah jumps in and says that you know Bishop is dangerous and they need to know where he is. And then John, you know, says that Bishop promised to help him be able to drink from the the fountain of Imperium, the magic fountain. And he's like, that's a promise that I intend to make sure he keeps or something like that. So they're like, wait, so are you just like turning your back on us or whatever? And he's like, well, you know, I was never really one of you, a legend. And Zara realized that, you know, he keeps saying the same things over and over again, that he's just kind of stalling. So then she tries slapping him and he's not there. And Rory's like, it's a ghost. Because, <laughs> you know, Rory's kind of silly. And Zari's like, he's like, you know, so she knows it was an astral projection. So John is actually on a wave rider and Bishop's like rewiring something. And then they take off in a wave rider. So they leave them. They're all like stuck now in John's house. But Spooner and Astra are still on board. So they're still there. Um, they're they're kind of hearing what's going on and then because they left the room and then they come back so Astra does like some little magic thing and they they hide in the snow globe to set, you know they, or she turns them into a snow globe or something like that and uh, so John wants Bishop to help him fig- find another time when the fountain will appear because it only appears in certain times and places or whatever so they has that map he figures that Bishop can help him figure out how to get around not being worthy enough to drink from it. They they talk on from a bit, and then uh, John takes a drink from his flask, and then he waves his hands over the map, unveils like layers of hidden alien text or whatever on the map. Bishop can read several different alien languages because he's like I guess he's learned over the years or something like that. Then uh, he's so he knows where it could be. So they they leave. Spooner and Astra reappear. And then Astro wants to get the others because neither one of them knows how to fly the Wave Rider. And, you know, Gideon's like all having to follow what Bishop tells tells her to do, it to do, whatever. So it's basically up to them to stop John and Bishop because they they can't get help from the others. So they land on Earth. It looks like it's like old-timey Earth. It turns out it's 1925 during Texas. And there's like this guy in pain, whatever. He's... At first, I was like, did he get bitten or did he get burned by something? This woman goes to help him, and Spooner's like, she's like, I'm not sure. She's like, but I think that's my mom, which, it, you know, if you think about it, it's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense in 1925, and that's her mom. So then this uh, fancy suit guy comes and tells him to get back to work uh, on, on a rig or something like that. So his, they call him Doc. And by rig, it, I'm assuming Texas is like an oil rig or something like that. So he offers to compensate the lady, and she's like, that's not necessary. He's like, well, I can write you a check and buy your land. 
he's been at this for a bit. You know, it seems like he he basically wants to buy her land, but she says, you know, she's insisting it's her land. You know, she doesn't want to sell. And he's like, if you know he doesn't buy it, someone else probably will and won't pay as much. So he's like about to threaten her, like you know, beyond his forceful negotiation, whatever. But then Spooner, you know, she shows that she has this like big gun in her holster, whatever, and basically makes him leave. So the lady introduces herself as Gloria, and she offers him a hot meal. And Astor like tries pull is like you know we need to you know find John and Bishop or whatever, but Spooner's like it's like that's my mom. She's like you know we're in Odessa and, and Astor's like you know your mom was abducted by aliens, and Spooner's like well what if they wiped her memory and sent her back in time? So you know that could be why I was never able to find her. So Astor you know tries telling her she's like well you know you shouldn't get your hopes up whatever, and Spooner convinces her that like why don't we just like just hang out you know check it out or whatever. So Astor's like, okay, well, you know, maybe she knows something about the fountain. John and Bishop are walking through the woods. John is following this, like, glowing necklace thing to find a location. When they arrive, it's all dried out. So he's not happy. He says, you know, Bishop got, got him there a day late or something like that, day too late. And Bishop's like, well, you know, maybe we arrive just in the nick of time. So there's a bunch of mushrooms, like, on, on this field, like this open area, whatever, within the trees. And he's like, oh, yeah, you don't notice. He's like, eventually, uh, you know, humans will learn that mushrooms are an ancient alien species. So he's like, maybe the mushrooms are connected to the fountain, you know, or maybe the fountain itself is is alien. Back at Gloria, Spooner sees a bunch of photos on the wall, like all these family photos. And she's like, have you been here long? And Gloria says that, you know, she she's been there since she was about Spooner's age. You know, she's like, you know, we, we built a house and Astra asks, she's like, why does that dude, you know, that doc, why does he want your land? And she says that, you know, there's a fountain of oil underneath it. So Spooner asks Gloria, she's like, you know, where are you from originally? And she's like, she's from El Salvador, blah, 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 all this stuff. And she came to make a fresh start with her daughter. So it's like, it's, it's starting to sound more and more like this could be her mom. But it's like, wait, she came with her daughter. That doesn't make sense. So then uh, John finds a girl gathering mushrooms in the woods, and he gets her attention. He, you know, he, she's kind of ignoring whatever, and he's like, "Oh, do you like magic?" He does some lights in her hand, and she asks, or he asks her if there's anything else growing in the forest, and she gives him a flower that she picked in her basket. She, you know, she's picking like different herbs and stuff for her mom. And when he, the girl gives John a flower, their like hands kind of touch, and he gets this like weird flash when when their skin touches. And she says her name is Esperanza Cruz. So Esperanza. But I, wait, how could that be Spooner? It doesn't make sense. Astor tells Spooner that her mom doesn't know anything about the fountain. Spooner says that if Gloria has a daughter, that means the aliens abducted her from here and sent her into the future. Astor says that you know she should probably just go then in case you know she doesn't. So you know she, like you shouldn't see your younger self because you know time continuum or whatever. But then the girl walks in and hugs Gloria, hugs her mom, and it turns out John is with her. And John frowns when he sees Astor and Spooner are there because you know he didn't realize that they were going to be following them or whatever. So the others are um, sitting around John's, the other legends. They're trying to figure out what to do. Rory's freaking out because his babies are going to hatch without him, and they're on the wave rider. Sarah's, she's like, well, you know, we do know someone with a time ship, so she wants Gary to contact Kayla. And so I don't know where to, where he got this from. So Gary goes upstairs in John's house. He comes back with a intergalactic communication device. And it's basically like this round ring. And so the, it's basically they're going to do like, like social, it's intergalactic social media. So they're going to stage a picture and they're going to tag Kayla. 
and to get her attention because something like I forgot the reason if she doesn't like being tagged or she's gonna be jealous that she was uh, some some weird thing. So they start kind of like staging the living room for Rory to pose for a picture. Like they you know they put a bunch of stuff and they they put these little things around him that kind of look like the eggs, but they're not really the eggs. They're just like lying all over like the couch and pillows and stuff like that. So Gary tags Kayla and then he posts it and then they're just like waiting and waiting. They're like, well, you know, it might take a while to you know, reach space or whatever. So then there's more talking uh, at Gloria's between John, Astor, and Spooner. He mentions seeing the girl's future, which is Spooner's past. He's impatient, and then he just makes the others sleep, and he grabs Spooner's hands. And Spooner is taken into it like this memory, which is like future, past thing, whatever. You know, it's a girl's future, but her past. It's night, and uh, the bad dude, Doc, he he's outside, and he tells his boys, you know, his boys, his, his men have rifles, and he's like, you know, holding guns to them. Gloria tells little Esperanza to run, and then Gloria gets shot. Esperanza runs into the woods. She trips. She's bleeding. The blood causes the mushrooms to light up, and then the light falls upon her, and then they're back at the dining room table. So those men are going to kill Gloria tonight, and John says that she's saved by the fountain, which is an alien that... It's an alien being that whisked her away. And John tells her that... You know, it's it's basically it's up to her. She can make it so Esperanza has a normal life and never leaves there by stopping those men tonight. So it's like, okay, John, why is John being so helpful about this? The others uh, wake up and you know at the table, and then they're like, wait, where's John? And you know, Spooner's like, oh, he had to leave or he had to do something, whatever. Astor pulls Spooner outside to talk, and Spooner tells her like what's going to happen. You know, from the vision that you know she knows that Gloria's going to get killed tonight, so she's trying to protect them. She wants to protect. Gloria and little Esperanza but then Astra notices there's like a bandage on Spooner's hand and she's like you gave him your blood didn't you so then at John's house they're still waiting for Kayla to react to the picture that they posted then there's lights outside so Gary's like she's here and she comes in in her alien form uh, she's like mad because she's like you know she thought her eggs are all over the place but then explained that the eggs in the picture weren't real they need her help to get them to their ship. And she's like, well, why would I help you? And Rory's like, because the, the ones on her ship are real. So she's surprised that he's still alive. Then they mentioned that Bishop acted as a midwife or whatever. And, and she's surprised that he survived giving birth to the ex. So uh, she wants to go protect them, but Rory tells her to wait. He says that, you know, ever since that one night, he can't stop thinking about her. Kayla says that, you know, all she cares about is getting her babies. And Sarah's like, well, you know, if you want to get them from Bishop, we're going to have to work together. So Bishop's on the ship, and it's just, I don't know why they always think it's cool when people are, like, dancing around the music, like, that makes him hip or something like that. So he's dancing in the med lab or whatever. He's and he's working on making sure John can drink from the fountain. So he made the serum that will make the fountain think that John is angelic, that you know he's like totally good and everything like that. And then so there's like the serum and just like this injector thing that that they'll have to use. Um, so John walks through the halls and and he takes a drink from his flask of his vampire blood thing. Astor comes up to him and asks him if he really thinks that Bishop's going to let him drink from the fountain. And he's like, well, I always have a backup plan because Bishop's keeping the injector thing. He's like, oh, just so, you know, it doesn't get damaged or anything. So, but she wasn't really there. She was just talking to him in astro, in astro form herself. So he like shoes her away. So at uh, Gloria's, they're preparing for the men. So it's nighttime. They come outside. The dude, Doc, he says Gloria has five minutes. So she wants to go talk, but Spooner says it's a trap. And, you know, so she's like, they don't really want to talk. 
Astra takes little Esperanza into the, the bedroom because she was she was reading she liked to read like War of Worlds or something like that with her mom. So she's like, why don't we go look at that book? Spooner says she's going to go outside, but Gloria tries stopping her, and she's like, basically like, you know, why are you getting involved with my business and everything like that? And Spooner just blurts out, she's like, because I'm your daughter, and she's like, I lost you once. And it's like, I'm not going to lose you again. So she explains what happened. She says, she's like, I can fix history and save you and Esperanza, which is herself. And then Astra comes in and talks about how if they go through with this, history will completely change. She's like, you'll never meet the legends. You'll never help them find Sarah. She's like, you'll never grow up to who you are. And and also, that means we'll never become friends because, you know, it's all about Astra. But not in a bad way. Spooner's like, she's like, well, I can't let that innocent girl go through what I went through. And then I think they start saying, it's like, well, maybe Gloria can go with them. But then Astra says that, you know, she'll get uh, Esperanza to the fountain. So they're like, she needs to go through with this. You know, so they, they can save Gloria, but Esperanza has to go through the ordeal that Spooner went through. Because otherwise, it, it changes history. So they can save Gloria from getting killed, but then she'll have to go with them on, on the Wave Rider. I think it was what they kind of decided. So John and Bishop are at the location. Uh, John pours uh, some of Spooner's blood, and he says some incantation. The mushrooms start lighting up. Bishop's impressed, but then the ground starts shaking, and this big like tower of light busts through the ground, which kind of forms into this like, giant mushroom. Spooner's hands light up at the house, which I don't remember. I don't think that's ever happened before. Glory tells uh, Esperanza that Astra is going to take her someplace where she'll be safe. She doesn't want to go with her to mom. Gloria says that, you know, they'll see each other again, which is going to be like when she's an adult. <laughs> Gloria and Spooner walk outside. So Doc, he tells her to sign the papers and they'll be on their way. But then they're like, you know, we said it before, this land uh, belongs to me and, you know, my whatever like that. So she's like, you know, it's not for sale. So Doc tells his, his boys to raise their guns, and then Spooner's hands start glowing. The ground starts lighting up, like all these crackles of energy going through the ground, and it, it kind of goes to the guy's feet and and, and it kind of like locks them in, you know, grabs them or something like that. The dude's like, you know, like, what are you doing, whatever. And Spooner's like, I'm showing you what real pain feels like. She's like, because of you, a little girl separated from her mother, you know, so she wants him to feel all the pain that she felt, the pain of losing everything. And, you know, he's like, who are you? And Spooner's like, I am my mother's daughter, and you will never get this land. So then out in the woods, Astra and Esperanza get to the forest. They see the giant mushroom in the, you know, the, the fountain or whatever. And she asks if that's where she's going. or She's like, is it going to be scary? And Astra's like, well, you'll find some friends there. So John comes. He's like, I told you to stay out of my way. He zaps Astra with like magic, you know, knocks her flying back. Then Esperanza, you know, meanwhile, while this is happening, she gets pulled up into the mushroom. So I'm not really clear what the mushroom thing. I don't know if the mushroom is like a gateway to somewhere else because so it's like she's gone. But then Spooner says, you know, she knows like she's she's gone now. And Gloria's like, no. She's right here with me. And then they hug. So then Kayla brings the legends to their ship, uh, which is in a Odessa, 1925. They go to the wave rider. Zari finds, or Zari stops Nate. She's like, she's like, John's not going to be on, on the ship. And they're like, well, how can we find him? And there's like a bunch of bright lights in the woods. So she's like, you know, we could probably go where the light show is. There's like that. So Bishop says that they have to act fast before the fountain disappears. He reaches in pocket for the serum injector, but he doesn't have it. So John somehow at some point took it from him and then he injects himself. His, uh, his feet start to glowing or whatever. And he's, he's like, I can feel it. And he starts like evil laughing and Bishop's just like looking at him. And then John starts coughing 
And Bishop says, that's not exactly the fountain you're feeling. So he's like, you know, I, I added a touch of deadly poison to the serum. So as you know, John thought he's outsmarting Bishop, but it turns out Bishop outsmarted John. So on the wave rider, they go to the eggs. The door to the lab is locked, and there's like something attached to the incubator. This automated recording from Bishop um, starts up. He wants to play 48 pickup. So he's like, when the door opens, grab as many of the eggs as possible before it blows up. So they go in there to they start you know grab as many you know to grab a container to try to put them in there. There's one that got left on the floor somehow. So Rory runs back in just as the bomb explodes, like in his face. So Rory's dead. Um, then uh, back in the woods, John falls to his knees. Bishop says that he's he's just collateral damage. You know he wants to destroy the fountain so he can destroy the planet. So he wants to get rid of the fountain. He says that. It acted as a shield to protect the planet from invasive alien creatures. Once the shield is destroyed, it'll be open season, baby. He he tries a uh, he said he tries saving the planet twice, but the humans just kept getting in in the way. So the giant mushroom withers, and he's like, "So long, Johnny." And then Bishop just walks away. So then Spooner says she's like, "Something's wrong," and and she falls to the ground. And Astro finds John on the ground, and so I don't know if by him killing. But if by Bishop killing Mushroom, did he kill little Esperanza or, you know, was she still in there or was she somewhere else? So when Astro goes to John on the ground, he's like, I'm so bloody sorry. And she's like, you know, there has to be a spell. And he's like, not this time. And she's like, you know, you always have a trick up your sleeve. He's like, I'm out of, all out of tricks this time. And, you know, he says that she was his biggest failure and his greatest accomplishment. I think he's like, you know, your mother would be proud or something like that. So then he hears a scream. Um, so it's the fountain. He's like, he killed it. Uh, he starts getting covered by like twigs and moss and stuff like that. Zari and Nate around and they see, you know, just as John's like just covered up. And then all of a sudden he's gone. The pile just collapses and disappears. So then next week is the season finale. Uh, yeah, because there was a preview at the end. Uh, there's going to be a, a wedding, possibly an alien invasion. So we'll have to see what happens. But. Yeah, and then I forget when it's coming up, but I don't think it's going to be that long of a wait, hopefully, but we'll see. With Stargirl Season 2, Episode 4, Summer School, Chapter 4. So it starts off in prison. Uh, Artemis goes to visit her parents, you know, separately. Obviously, you know, she's on the other side of glass talking on the phone thing. She tells her mom that she misses her. She's got tears. The security, you know, they, they cut her time short, and the security guard, like, laughs at her or something like that. He's like, well, maybe next time, or you know, I don't know. I was thinking that, that somehow they're going to get the revenge on him or something like that, but nothing ever happens. Maybe some other time. So then Beth is at her place. You know, she's still, you know, she's trying to talk to Chuck in the goggles. And she's like, you know, why are we in danger? Who's Eclipso? And, you know, the, the goggles are just like searching or something like that. Then her mom comes in, so she has to take off the goggles. And, and then she's like, oh, you know, she mentions like the putt-putt place that, they, that she and her dad used to go to. And she's like, well, you should go there. You know, it could be like a date or something like that. And, you know, mom's, she's like, well, you know, we're both really busy or whatever. She's like, but, you know, you and your friends should go. And it's like that. So she leaves for, for work. And then the goggles beep. So uh, she like puts them on, and, and it found the Eclipso JSA file, but it's marked as confidential. So then Barbara's talking to Pat, and she's like, you know, she was up most of the night because I guess he told her everything like that. So um, she asks, like, should we tell Courtney everything about the JSA and Eclipso? And then uh, Courtney walks in. She's like, what was that about Eclipso? And then they both like, how do you know about Eclipso? So like Pat's like, you know, ask Courtney. Courtney asks Pat. Courtney says that Dr. Midnight's goggles warned them about Eclipso being there in Blue Valley. 
Um, she mentions that all the files are confidential and she couldn't find any files in the basement. So she asked Pat, she's like, why is that? So Pat kind of like, you know, thinks for a second and he finally says, he's like, he's a devil in the shadows. You know, he's, he's evil, you know, real evil in prison in the black diamond. So whoever has a diamond has Eclipso's powers. And she asks, well, what are his powers? And Pat's like, he can get inside your head and he can, you know, make you see things that aren't there. And I guess Starman said that it made people do bad things to themselves and others. Somehow they managed to stop him. And uh, he says that, you know, the longer Eclipso is active, the more powerful he becomes. She says, so Shade is looking to team up with pure evil. And she's like, to do what? Or she's, but she's like, you know, we, we got this. Don't worry. And he's like kind of concerned. She's like, you know, we won't rush in. You know, we'll do some research before you know we, we take him on or something like that. Then we see Cindy and uh, she's like downstairs in the basement of her house, whatever, in like the tunnel place, whatever. She says, you know, she's like, I didn't want her dead talking about her mom. And she tells, you know, she's got the diamond. She tells Eclipso, she's like, I'm still upset by that. Then um, then she hears her mom calling to her and it, it's her her real mom, her birth mom. So she turns and, you know, she's like, she's like uh, kind of like caught off guard. And then she tells the diamond, she's like, make her go away. And you know, she's even has some some tears. And you can hear the Eclipso voice is like, you wallow in pain over your birth mother. He's like, I simply wanted to show you, you must put the past behind you. And she's like, don't ever do that again. She's like, or I'll throw the diamond in a volcano. And then it shows her like the new, what the new ISA will look like with her recruits, like over the painting on the wall. And Mike is, is in the painting again. But it's not, I, I'm assuming he's making her see that. That's not really real. So then Artemis gets dropped off at school. She's with her a foster mom, I guess. And she's like, this is my lunch. You know, she's looking at her lunch. She's like, there's no protein, you know, no way something or whatever. And and it's just like junk. She's like, I, I have trials today. She's like, I, I can't, I need energy or whatever. And and like, she wouldn't even give her money for lunch or whatever. And so she's like, whatever. So Artemis, she's just uh, uh, unhappy. So then Mike's on his paper route. <laughs> he's always on his paper route. Does he go to school? And it, it's like he's in a shady part of town or something like that. He, there's like a stack of papers, like, and I don't know what's going on. Is, are they dropped off there? Because there's like a rock on top of the stack of papers. So he picks up the paper and there's a headline about married felons break out of prison. And then when he puts the paper down, like Sportsmaster standing in front of him and then Tigress comes up behind him. So they must have broken out of prison. Artemis uh, is angry at the lunch lady for not having anything fresh or healthy. Then Courtney comes up behind her. Oh, wait, that's why. Yeah, Mike's not going to be in school because it's summer school. So he wouldn't have to worry about that. But Courtney comes up behind Artemis and she offers an apple as like a peace offering. And, you know, for like when she knocked her down, when she had the hockey stick or whatever. She says that, you know, she's sorry about the situation she is. And she's like, what do you, what do you mean? What situation? And she's like, well, your, your parents being in prison. And Artemis is like, well, they're innocent. They shouldn't even be there. And then she's like, she says something, but then she's like, and, and Crocs don't forgive. They don't forget or something like that. And she takes the apple and somehow she like squeezes it. <laughs> it was like, is, it, I don't even know how you could do that with an apple. And then when she walks away, she like bumps like Courtney's arm, like really hard. She's like, ow. <laughs> Rick's teacher, uh, his English teacher, or history teacher, whatever it was, she's like, looks. she gave him a new test. And she's like, looks like you've done it again, another perfect score. And he's just like, he's like, I told you, I studied. So then she apologized for doubting him. And he's like, what, whatever. He's like, that's okay. It's what everyone does. So, you know, everyone assumes the worst about him. 
Then uh, we see the, the long-haired dude, Isaac Bowen. He's eating in a cafeteria. Cindy comes up to him, and he's kind of surprised to see her because you know, no one's seen her for a while. And she says that you know she's been many, meaning to tell him how much she admires his musical talent because his dad was a fiddler. And he's surprised that she's noticed him before or something like that. And she's like, yeah, I want to make new friends this summer. And she says that she's like, I know what you're going through, you know, losing your mom. She's like, I lost my parents too. Then he's like, well, how did yours die? And she's like, hmm, horribly. She does that a lot. She's like, hmm, it gets annoying. Pat gets a call from Mike about his old friends being in town. So they're at the, gar the garage and they want to talk. So Pat drives there. Um, the garage is like half open. He goes in there. He sees a lock on the back door has been like busted open. So Sportsmaster and Tigress reveal themselves. They say that their daughter has trials this afternoon and they can't miss that. So if he helps them lie low until the afternoon, they'll break back into prison without incident. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Sportsmaster Crusher, whatever his name is, he, he also mentions, he's like, you know, oh yeah, you know, you don't want anyone to know about Stripe. So then Pat's like, okay, let's go watch some football. At Pat and Barbara, um, she sees a Crocs in the you know, living room. She's like, well, you know, what are you, have you lost your mind? She's like, they tried to kill us and stuff like that. And uh, Pat asks Crusher, you know, he's talking to him later. He's like, how's prison? He's like, is it fun or is it like the Shawshank Redemption? He's like, what? And he's like, oh, nothing. It's a movie. So I guess he's never seen that. I actually just watched Shawshank Redemption last weekend. Uh, it was for the heck of it. Um, I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, but then Sportsmaster says, you know, the, the gym's great. He he gets visitation rights with the missus. Wink, wink. Um, then Pat asks if he ever talks to any of the old gang. And he's like, oh, no. You know, he's like saying stuff like that. So then Pat asks about the shade. And he's like, oh, I never liked him. He wasn't a team player or something like that. And then the Crusher says that he feels like, you know, he's like, you know, what happened between us? He's like, you know, like the way they're talking, you know, all chummy. He's like, you know, we we're on our way to, you know, being friends. And, he, and he's like, you know, what happened? And Pat's like, well, you know, you did try to kill me. He's like, yeah, I guess so. So then uh, at the diner, we see Yolanda got a job as a waitress there. And, uh, she, of course, she messes up their order, you know, like their, their shakes or whatever. It's like all the wrong ones. But then uh, Courtney has this old book of maps. And they notice this place called Devil Island, Devil Island or something like that. So around 1832, it stopped appearing on maps, and they said it's because like no one ever came back from there. So they were just trying to erase it from existence, I guess, so no one would go there. Apparently, there was like two tribes on either side of the island or something like that. Um, one trapped the other in a black diamond or, or something. So then there was this explorer dude, Bruce Gordon, who brought the diamond off the island, possibly. You know, that's what the story goes. He's the only one that returned. So then Rick's like, you know, so they're going to go. He's like, well, I got to go feed my dog or something like that. And then he asked for like a dozen cheeseburgers and fries to go. They're like, oh, you have a dog now? Underneath the school, Cindy's uh, showing Isaac where their parents hung out. Uh, he sees his dad in the painting as the fiddler. And then she pulls out an old fiddle. And he's like, I can't play that. And she's like, oh, that's okay. You'll learn. Courtney goes to uh, this place called the House of Secrets. It's like this old bookstore or whatever. And she's looking for any books on Bruce Gordon, archaeologist. And the guy's like, well, I'm not sure, but if there would be anything, it'd be over in, you know, those shelves there. So she's going to look and the shade's like hiding there. You know, he's like starts talking to her like on the other side of the shelves and stuff like that. And she's then she's like, I know what you're up to. You you want the black diamond to team up with Eclipso to do bad things. And he kind of makes fun at the idea. He's like, oh, super villain team up or whatever. And she's like, it happens. And, you know, she's like, you know, you're a bad guy. You killed Dr. Midnight. And he's like, oh, you say that with such conviction. You must have been there. And she's like, no, but Pat was. 
and you know, he says that he's been called evil and you know he's done some bad things but only the people who deserved it so it's like wait what does that really mean then he he says that you know Eclipso killed McKnighter's daughter when she was 10 years old so we saw that in the season two premiere and so he says that when he finds a black diamond he plans to throw it into the deepest darkest part of the ocean so Eclipso will never hurt anyone again and she's like why would you do that and the shade's like, you know, living as long as I have, you know, it's like, I'm bored. And then he tells her to leave all this to him. And, you know, she gets like real close and like he's like trying to intimidate her. She doesn't back down or anything like that. And then he just like backs up into the shadow and he's gone. So Courtney comes home. And she's like, where's Pat? So Pat and the Crocs are, they go to the football field or sitting in the stands. So Artemis is, is trying out, I guess there's like a college recruiter there. So she's, uh, you know, as a quarterback, she gets sacked on the first play. But then they're like, you know, cheering her on, even though Pat's like trying to tell them to be, you know, quiet and subtle. She sees them in the stands. She's got a big smile on her face. So then she's like, okay, she tells them what the, the, her team will play to do. She does this fake out, does this, you know, gets the ball back. And then she throws this, a, a 40-yard pass. Guy catches a touchdown. Um while this is happening, Cindy slinks up into the the stands. She's watching like a creep, and she sees Artemis, and she's like, "Hmm," and she holds up the the, the diamond to her eye, and then she, and she sees Courtney. So then Eclipso's like, "Artemis Croc will be yours to use," because her like her eye goes pur- like flashes purple. She looks at Courtney walking on the track. So Courtney's confused to see the Crocs with Pat because you know she's like, "Why are they there? You know why why are they with Pat?" Then um. Artemis sees armed SWAT people going towards her parents. You know, they got guns and they're just like walking up, like no one's reacting to this. So then uh, she goes and she starts like fighting or whatever. And she's like, starts like trying to hit one, everything like that. So she's attacking Courtney. Cindy just laughs. And then, uh, you know, Artemis, then she realizes that, that, you know, she's like on, straddling like Courtney on, on the ground or something like that. And she's like, where'd they go? And then Cindy's, you know, from her, her place in the stands watching. She's like, hmm. And then she walks away. Hmm. Artemis, uh, then she's talking to her parents. She's like, so you're not innocent? She's like, why didn't you tell me before? And they're like, well, you know, you had your own dreams. And, uh, you know, dad, their dad's like, you know, you're going to be the first female quarterback in college. And she's like, you know, I only did so well because you were here. And they're like, no, you know, you did well because, you know, that's who you are, blah, blah, blah. Courtney, um, she's talking to Pat like a little ways away. She's like, do is it weird that i, I kind of feel bad for them and then she's, she's like wait why didn't you tell me they were in town and you know she's like i wasn't gonna like rush in or fight she's like i'm not the same star girls before then she asked she's like did you know that eclipso killed dr midnight's daughter and he's like how did you how did you know that and she's like why didn't you tell me pat and he's like you know it, it wasn't an easy thing to talk about he's like i don't want you to get scared and she says that you know she's like well i'm not and she asks, she's like, is there anything else about Bruce Gordon or Eclipso? And he's like, nope, that, that's about everything. So then he's like, well, hey, I, I should probably follow them, make sure they, they make it to, back to the penitentiary. Artemis gets a, you know, she's in the locker room or, or, or locker or whatever. She gets a call. It's friend for recruiter. They, the dude's like, you know, she's talented, but with her temper, temper they can't have her representing their school. So she's like, Ugh. and I don't know if she like shattered her phone or just threw it down or something like that. And then Cindy comes up. It's like rough day. And Cindy's like, you know, what happened with the recruiter? That's his loss. She's like, I have another team that you can join. You know, one that your parents were part of. Hmm. I don't know if she did it there, but she should have. Barbara's just like staring out the window. And she asks Pat, she's like, did you tell her everything? And he's like, no. He's like, do you, do you think I should? 
And she's like, I know we promised no more secrets, but she's like, but I'm not sure. And she mentions how, you know, Artemis didn't know about her parents, but now she'll never be the same. And Pat says, like, you know, if we tell Courtney about Eclipso in a JSA, she'll never be the same either. So then he's like, so we agree, you know, we need to protect them from the truth. So it's like, what is this big truth? What happened with Eclipso in a JSA? And then uh, Beth is working on her laptop trying to access Chuck. Then the goggles start talking. They're like, is someone there? And then he's like, you know, who are you? And she's like, she's like, I'm your best friend. I'm Beth. It's like, okay, you're, yeah, you've known him for like two days or two weeks and you're his best friend. Then he's like, why do you keep calling me Chuck? And, you know, it's, it's like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, where's Pat? What happened to the JSA? And he's like, they've been lost for years or something like that. So he says his name is Dr. McNiter and he's been trapped in the shadows. And she asks, she's like, are you the real Dr. McNiter? And then, you know, it's, it's a little staticky, his, his connection. And then he's like, the shade, and then the signal is lost. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I think Dr. Midnight is alive. Because, you know, you, you, then you see, like, in the shadows, there's, like, you, know, you barely see anything. I'm assuming it's Dr. Midnight. You can't really see. He's, like, walking, and he's like, Beth, are you there? Hello? Hello? So has Dr. Midnight been trapped in the shadows all this time? And... Who put him there? Or maybe could he be in the... Would it make sense if he's in a diamond? Or does it have anything to do with the shade? That wouldn't really make sense. But so maybe... Or actually, maybe it could make sense because, you know, they, they think that the shade killed Dr. Midnight. But if you read the comic, you know, the shade's not really a bad guy. Or later, he's not so much. So we'll have to see where to go with this. But again, you know, with, with James Robinson, you know, writing you know, these episodes, I'm pretty sure he wrote this one too, you know, and with, you know, Jeff Johns and everything like that. So we'll, we'll have to see where this goes, but it's uh, definitely um, intriguing. I, I love that they, they have the shade in here and, you know, can't wait to see where this goes. All right. Then uh, what if season one, episode four, what if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Uh, that's a really weird episode title, a way to describe what's what's going on. And I, it, if, I mean, if it fits, it makes sense. Uh, so this was a this was a good episode, but it was it was kind of weird. I think I can't really put my finger on it. It was intriguing to see just how how things went out, and you know the repercussions and everything like that. And that's what the the point of of the show, you know, to, to see how the one decision really change everything it did get like like off the rail just like take off and, and go there so it was it was interesting and then you know having you know benedict cumberbatch play dr strange again it was really cool and everything like that so uh it starts off and you know it's talking about you know the wrong choice the grave and dire consequences all that whatever so we see Stephen strange pick up his girlfriend christine palmer who's played by rachel mcadams uh He's, you know, this fancy sports car. They're going to an event. He's so, so this is different from the movie. If I remember, I haven't watched, I should watch Dr. Strange again, but I think he was, you know, because he obviously gets his accent. He's by himself, but here he picks up Christine. So, uh, you know, he's wearing a tux, she's in a gown. They're behind a truck and he goes to pass, but then there's this other car coming. So he manages to slow down and get back to safety and everything like that. But then they get rear ended and get knocked off the road. So then, then it cuts. There's a funeral, you know. So here, Stephen um, Strange didn't lose his hands, but he lost his heart because Christine didn't survive. So he's filled with grief. He searched for answers across the world, and in the mystic arts. It's kind of weird that 
he you know he still could have had his his surgical career but he was just trying to figure out what he could do you know he was just so heartbroken so i guess he would be trying to figure out how could he save her which why would he even think that whatever so he reads about the Aya agamato agamoto agamoto agamato agamoto uh like manipulating timelines whatever wong and the ancient one catch him you know messing with time weakens the fabric of the universe all this stuff uh then the, uh ancient one was lost so he became sorcerer supreme he defeated dormammu but still he couldn't let go of the past so everything kind of progressed the same up until that point so he has a uh, you know memories of christine he's in the sanctum sanctorum it's been two years now. Wang catches him brooding, whatever. He sees him with the eye in his hand, whatever. He tells him that he should join him for some tea before he does anything reckless. So he, but then he puts the eye on, you know, that's on his chain. And then he goes back to when he picks Christine up. So he's back in the car, he's driving. He's behind the truck, turns on a turn signal, but then he turns it off. But then, so it's like, okay, he's not going to try to pass the truck. They still get hit from behind. And then he's like, no, 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 not again. So then he returns to when he picks her up again, driving. They missed a turn. She's like, wait, are we supposed to turn? He's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm taking a different route. But then they get hit. They get hit, you know, the car going through like a red light. It just like smashes into him. And so then he goes back again. He suggests like staying in and ordering, you know, ordering in or something like that. But then we see him like dancing and something happens. And then they're like eating uh, pizza and a gunman comes in. And then there's more car accidents. So it just keeps going. Then like one point, he doesn't pick her up. He goes to a, a bar and she, you know, she, on the news, she, she died anyways. So then he returns and you know he's like, you know, why does this keep happening? And you know, she offers a drive. They get hit again. He crawls from the wreckage. He yells in anguish and a portal appears and it's the ancient one. And he's like, why are you here? And she says to help. You know, so it was the death of Dr. Christine Palmer that was his start. It was an absolute point, and he asked her to help, but she says that the death was meant to be. If he erases her death, he'll never go on his journey and defeat Dormammu. So he's risking the universe. She says that he can't save her, that this path only leads to darkness and the end of this reality. So she's like, you know, please don't do this, or I'll be forced to stop you. And he's like, well, you'll have to find me first. And then he ends up like some jungle and he comes across this guy, asks for like the lost library of Caligstro. Eventually he goes, finds this big like temple on the side of a mountain, whatever. He comes to this guy, Obeng, and he asks about sorcerer Caligstro, whatever. He's taken to the lost books. He finds one in time manipulation and like the, the power to break absolute point requires immense power, which is nigh impossible to obtain. So then basically he can get the power through the absorption of other beings you so basically has to absorb their energy and and all this stuff uh so then he summons like this tentacle beast whatever it doesn't go too well he wakes up in bed being tended to by um obeying and then uh he's like you know mystic beings don't bargain so you know he was like trying to get the power but this thing didn't want to give him you know help him whatever so he decides that if they won't give their power he's just going to take it so he absorbs this little little like gnome dude whatever and then there's like this bug creature and he's like he thinks that's gross so he he kind of passes on that then he summons like this bird thing then like this dragon so he just wants more and more and then the watcher says that you know he's on the wrong path he's like i could warn him intervene but the fate of this universe is not worth risking the fate of all others he's like besides i doubt that he would listen 
So then there's more absorption over several days and nights. You just see like the moon, like sun, moon, sun, moon, you know, whatever. Then he summons the big tentacle beast. And then he finds Obeying lying in bed, coughing. He's like older and dying. He tells Strange that, you know, he's only half a man living half a life. So he goes back to Wong, you know, talking about making a tea, whatever. Strange stares at the eye, puts it down. So enough living in the past for, you know, one evening, whatever. He goes outside and the city has been like destroyed. There's like something going on. People, cars, they have like this kind of like black ooze or smoke, like kind of drifting off of it. The ancient one appears, even though she's dead, it's like an echo or whatever. So it's the end of the world. And he asks, he's like, who's causing this? And she's like, you are. And so when he vanished into the past, she couldn't follow. So she drew upon the power of the dark dimension to split the timeline and to split him. So it allowed for two of his possible timelines to occur, but in one universe. So he's like, so what do I have, an evil twin now? And she says more like a misguided one. So if the other manages to reverse the absolute point and save Christine, the resulting temporal paradox would destroy this universe. So their time's running out, and the only sorcerer strong enough to stop Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange. So is himself. So he you know, explains this all to Wong. Wong asks him, you know, He's like, do you want to stop the other one? You know, he's like, didn't you love Christine? And he says that he feels he has to. And Wong's like, well, how would you find him? And then he gets summoned by the other strange, uh, probably so he can absorb him because he's like in this like circle of magic, whatever. And he asks where he is. So the other strange, which are calling Strange Supreme, or at least the subtitles call him that, says that, you know, it's, it's not where is he, it's like, when is he? So he tells them not to be frightened for they are one the same. Um, so we see the, the other Strange Supreme. His eyes are kind of like sunken and dark and Strange asks uh, what happened to him. He said that he needed, he says, you know, he just needs him. He's like, no Wong, ancient one. He's like, they don't understand. They never knew her. He's like, we loved her. Strange tells him, Strange tells Strange Supreme. He's like, we can't bring her back. He's like, the world out there is breaking. And he tells him, he's like, don't you dare lie like to me. He's like, I am you. Magic starts roaring around him. And then, you know, he asked him how long did he sit in a sanctum sanctorum with the eye thinking about saving Christine. It's like, you know, he's like, I did something. I spent centuries. I sacrificed everything for Christine. And then Strange asks, he's like, well, can you save her now? And then Strange Supreme is like, no, Stephen, we can. And he grabs his arm. So they go back to the accident. Strange Supreme says, you know, separated her powers are split. But, you know, when they become whole again, they can save her. Strange mentions that the Ancient One warned them if they save Christine, it'll destroy the world. And then he says again, he's like, he's like, I don't understand. He's like, you know, we love Christine. Strange says, you know, he's like, look around. He's like, this isn't love. It's an obsession to fix everything. And Strange is like, you know, you're deranged. And Supreme, Strange Supreme tries absorbing him, but he is like protected. So it's like a big magic fight. Supreme finally gets him like bound and Strange's defenses are, are crumbling. His cloak kind of helps like, you know, distract Strange Supreme, whatever. But then there's another blast and uh, Strange is left like staring at a light and then this like shadow pops up behind him. So then it's like, are they merged now? So Strange is standing in front of Christine and she says that they can be together again. She says that she loves him. He thinks about Wong in the outside world. So she says it again and then he says that, you know, he wished that was true, but she's not her. Then he's falling 
and Supreme is like punching him. There are more punches, all this stuff. So, uh, Steven's protection runes are like, so he has like all this like symbols on his face, whatever. And as he's punching him, they're kind of like falling off. So it's like, that's his protection, whatever. Supreme finally takes off the last one and then he absorbs him. There's a big light show. Um, he lifts the car. Christine's like floating inside. He pulls her body towards him. He calls her name, but then he sees like, uh, or she sees his like demonic face and she starts freaking out. She tries getting away. She's like, this isn't real. And she's, she's starting to fade away too, but he's like, I can fix this. Then he says, he's like, this wasn't supposed to happen. So he, he tries protecting reality. Then he sees a watcher. And he's like, you, he's like, you can stop this, like fix this. And the watcher's like, like you fix Christine. And you know, he's like, I read about you. He's like, save her. He's like, punish me. The watcher says that, you know, he's like, I'd like to punish you, but I can't interfere. And then there's just like blackness. And we see Strange like holding Christine inside like a crystal or something like that. And she asks, she's like, you know, what did you do? And then she fades away and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Then that's it. <laughs> so then uh, the Watcher is talking about how like one life, one moment basically destroyed everything. So it was like, it gets very intense and everything like that. It's just, it just goes like this and it's just like, like boom. And uh, it just, just really gets. I, I guess in, on the one hand, it kind of shows how powerful Doctor Strange could be. That, you know, he went to extreme lengths and he just, you know, did all this stuff. And he literally ended up destroying the world because of what he tried doing. So it's it's, it's pretty, pretty nuts. And uh, um, that's the, the cool thing about this is, you know, like if they tried doing this in a movie, I don't really know how it would work. You know, it, it, it yeah, I don't think it would. So it, it's, that's the nice thing is seeing this and just seeing how everything was just just drastically affected and and so i thought thought that was cool so it might not be like my absolute and i don't know what it is i i think i might be hanging on to like the nostalgia of like when i first read like these what if stories back in the day like in the comics and you know just how cool and new they were so i think that might be affecting my enjoyment of this a little bit because for me the stories that we've had so far, there hasn't been anything that's really like blown my socks off, and I'm, I'm not wearing socks right now. Uh, but they're, they're they're cool to see, and it, it is nice to see this like exploration of like you know how things could have been or whatever. But um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens next. And I'm I'm trying to keep it as I watch these. You know, I'm, I'm trying to avoid looking up what the next episode's about because. Uh, social media you tend to see it like i think i did know like maybe the tuesday or whatever that you know dr stranger is going to be in this episode but i was thinking it was like the spider-man dr strange because there's an action figure based off of that so I'm, I'm trying to avoid spoilers so i have no idea what's coming this week but i'm sure it'll be cool because it's 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 a nice show i i am I'm, I'm glad that we have this that they're able to take these big crazy risks then we have Titans, Season 3, Episode 6, Lady Vic. So we, we see this lady, like, sitting in a diner. And it's like, wait, where is this picking up? You know, you, you don't really know right away. There's, like, two state troopers at the counter. And then you, you know, find out that they're apparently dating. And, you know, because they're on the clock. And, you know, because, like, the dude tries, like, holding her hand or something like that. Or you're doing something like that. The, the lady that was, was in the booth, she's just like rolling her eyes at them. And we, we hear it's like their anniversary. And then she like looks at a ring on her finger. So they eventually get in their squad car. It won't start. So the, the dude, cop, state trooper, he 
looks at the engine and he sees this cable's been cut. He's like, huh? And then all of a sudden you hear, and he gets hit in the back by a knife. So the, the, the lady state trooper, she comes out, pulls out her gun, and it's a lady from a diner. She throws another knife and like hits her hand, you know, knocks the gun out. I think it's like it's went through her hand or whatever. And then she kills her. And then she drives off. Oh, she took this like little hula bobble figure that the dude gave her or whatever. He's like, it's not an engagement ring, but whatever. And then as she drives away, you know, drives away, there's like a sign that's like, welcome to Gotham or something like that. And you know, so this happened just outside Gotham. Okay, then uh, it cuts to Wayne Manor. We see Blackfire is brought in. Corey tells her not to touch anything. She looks at Connor and she assumes that he's for her, like her manservant or chew toy. And Corey's like, no, he's not, whatever. Then she's like, oh, I assumed the green one was yours. And they, they kind of laugh at this, whatever. And then she's like, is someone going to draw me a bath? So she's like getting all like very like, she's like acting like spoil and, and you know, entitled and everything like that. But then when uh, Blackfire goes up, you know, Corey, t- she tells her to go upstairs, but she doesn't like show her like where, which one's going to be her room. But then Corey tells Gar and Connor that, you know, wherever she goes, chaos follows. And so she's like, you know, sleep with one eye open. So it's just like, what are you doing? It just seemed weird that, you know, she brings her to Wayne Manor. I don't know. It just seemed like that's Bruce's place. You know, you're really overstepping your bounds, maybe? I don't know. Then it cuts to six years ago, Gotham City, uh, you know, bat signal in the sky. Someone's uh, rappling down in like a museum to steal his vase. There's like, a, you know, using a laser cut or whatever. And then we see uh Robin, you know, Dick Grayson, like kind of like in the rafters, whatever watching, he like doesn't do anything. So it's like, I get what, is he going to just let her open the case and take this big vase out? And then he throws one of his little, like throwing Robin symbols, blade things. And he's like, that's just a warning shot. And he's like, drop the vase, which is like, okay, this is like some crazy old expensive vase. And uh, so she like she fakes him out, does some stuff, and she throws it straight up. And they're like fighting, catches it, and stuff like that. And he's like, "Oh, you know, you're not running." And she says, "You know, she's like maybe I want to get caught." And then she pulls up her goggle and pulls down her mask, and you see it's Barbara. So she's like, "The security here is a joke." She's like, "This is just my way of keeping my dad on on his toes." So they laugh a bit, and then then the alarm goes off. So then they suggest that you know it's like, "Oh, you know, maybe we should grab a drink, or whatever." So then they're at a bar. And he's like, you know, what's with the Selena Kyle crap, whatever. And she says that, uh, he's like, you wouldn't get it. And so then she's like, you know, when you look at me, what do you see? And then she answers. She's like, you see Commissioner Gordon's daughter. So she wants to be more than like the perfect daughter with perfect scores who might take after her father one day. You know, she wants to do good in the world. Um, but, you know, all he does, he just fills out like incident reports and deals, you know, has all the red tape and stuff like that. So Dick suggests, she's like, well, why don't you join us? And she's like, Batman, Robin, and, and he's like, Robin girl. And she's like, you know, maybe more like Batgirl. He's like, oh, I think Robin girl sounds better or whatever. And she's like, you know, but you, you work for my dad. He's like, you know, you follow rules. And she's like, I like to break them. So then uh, we see, you know, the, the flashback continues, you know, a bunch of jewels and stuff have been stolen. It's on the news. So they're sitting in a room, you know, they're, they're watching the news about all the robberies. And he's like, well, what are you going to do with all this stuff? And she said that, you know, she doesn't know, probably give it back. But then he's like, oh, you know, maybe you shouldn't. He puts this big necklace on her. He's like, it suits you. Then they start like, you know, making out and stuff like that. And then, uh, but then suddenly there's like a wound on his shoulder. And she's like, oh my God, what'd I do? So then it cuts to the present day. It's 6.32 a.m. Dick wakes up in a bed. There's like blood on his shoulder. He struggles to get up. Then we see him in the, in the bat cave. Corey's patching him up. 
And she's like, you know, five inches over and we'd be burying another body. And she's like, is Barbara responsible for this? And he's like, well, sort of, but, you know, one of her snipers. And she's like, oh, maybe I should have some words with her or something like that. So then Dick's like, well, I almost had him. And she yells at him. He's like, you know, you went out on your own. You got shot. And and Gar's like, he's like, you know, we thought we lost you. He's like, you know, Hank blew up. You know, Don left us forever. Jason went, you know, dark. And he's like, this family's dying. You go out and get yourself shot. And so Gar's like really getting it. He like starts, he turns green. And, you know, he, he starts getting savage. You know, his eyes are like whatever. And they're like, hey, calm down type of thing. So then uh, Dick gets up to leave. And she's like, you know, where are you going? And he's like, you know, I, I have to find him. And she's like, you lost a lot of blood. And, you know, so she wants to tell him, she's like, I have to tell you something. She wants to tell him about Blackfire being there. He's like, does it have anything to do with catching Jason? And she's like, no. He's like, then it can wait. Then we see Connor's in the kitchen. Blackfire's kind of like toying with him, you know, and, you know, he's not scared or whatever because, you know, or because he's like, you know, can you pass the knife? She's like, oh, are you sure or whatever? And she's like, I'm dangerous. And he's like, well, I, I can take you. And she's like, oh, why don't we put a test to it? She throws like butcher knife at him and he's like, whoosh, he just like catches it easily. And Corey comes in and she's like, looks at this. And, you know, she, she doesn't, she's not happy. She doesn't say anything. And she's just like, let's see. So then we see Jason and Crane talking. They're like in like some makeshift drug lab. You know, there's like these people working on something. Jason just wants to put the drug on the streets. So this is, I guess, the anti-scared drug or whatever. But Crane says it's not ready yet. And then Crane says that, you know, he, he gets that Jason is excited to go after Dick. But, you know, he wants to show him something first. So he takes him to this like surgery room, um, you know, like this observation window, you know, this then the lady from the beginning at the diner she comes in slashing away at the doctors and nurses and she even like looks at them in the window and then she you know she takes something and she like leaves so he crane tells jason that he's expendable and he's like you know basically like gotham like in chaos or whatever and he brought her in to do an errand for him and he's like you know he tells jason if he's unhappy there are others who are more than willing to take up the cause so it's just like okay crane that's um that's kind of a brave thing to say knowing that jason's you know mental state or whatever so then we see Corey doing the dishes blackfire's like what are you doing she's like is that your role and she's like you know it's a disgrace we're queens and stuff like that Corey lays it all out to her she's like these people are my friends she's like you will treat them and this place with respect then dick comes in and he's like oh i didn't know we had a guest and then and she, Blackfire kind of puts out her her hand like you know kind of for like for him to kiss her or something like that. And she's like, Blackfire, the pleasure is yours. And Dick's like, your sister, the person who killed your boyfriend and your parents in our kitchen. So then he uh, he tells her you know the attack at the Thomas and Martha Memorial Hospital. Medical team was killed and a piece of medical equipment went missing. So they found a drug inhaler at the scene. So they obviously they they figure it's connected to to Jason or whatever and Crane. So then he's like, let's go. And Corey's like, you just got shot. And Dick's like, well, Bruce got shot all the time. And she's like, and look how well that went. So he's like, well, maybe I just have to do better. So Corey and Dick go to the hospital. They they go outside the surgery room. You know, they can see some blood on the floor and stuff like that. But then an officer is like, are you Dick Grayson and Corey Ander? Well, I forget what, what, what she said. And they're like, yeah. They're like, well, you're not allowed access. And he's like, on whose orders? And he's like, Commissioner Gordon. So Dick kind of like smiles or whatever. And they, they start to leave. And Corey says, she's like, you know, I don't know the history between you and Barbara. She's like, and I don't want to. She's like, but we can't find Crane and Jason and this new lady killer with, a, with our arm tied behind her back or whatever. She's like, so whatever is wrong with you and Barbara, you need to fix it. 
And then Dick sees like the security camera, or whatever, in the hall. So like, that gives him an idea. So Dick goes to the police station to talk to Barbara. Um, he jokes. He's like, "Oh, are you gonna shoot me again?" Whatever. And she's like, "You know, how bad was it?" And and she's like, "Are you hurt?" And he's like, "A little." And she's like, "Good." So they blame each other for what happened. Everything. You know, he went off the books, and you know, she's just whatever. And he tries saying that you know they have to be on the same team. And she's like, "Yeah, because that went so well before." She finally agrees. That, you know, she does agree that, yeah, they, they do need to be on the same team. So they talk about, like, the security footage. He's like, well, you could use Oracle to tap into the city's phone system or something like that. And she's, I don't really know what happened here, but she's like, Oracle's been mothballed for a reason. And she's like, you know, I'm the only one with access. And she's like, I'm, I'm not revisiting that monster. She's like, not for you, not ever. So he gets up to leave, and she's like, she says, you know, this is why I'm against vigilantes. She's like, you know, they think that they're above the law. And she said, like, you know, kidnapping prisoners, using them as bait. And he's like, okay, you know, he's like, well, how, how can I help? She's like, if you really want to help, she's like, go home. Because, you know, basically it's because of Dick that Crane escaped. So then Connor tells Corey, you know, he's looking up like information or whatever. He says that a piece of medical equipment that was stolen is a shortwave positron multiplier. And she's like, what's that? And he's like, I don't know, but it's, it sounds super impressive. Blackfire starts in on Corey about how she's handling things, waking, waiting to take orders instead of taking initiative to do something. Then Connor um, finds information on a device. So the, inform- the inventor was someone named Doc- was this Dr. Christine Vo. So the three of them drive to this some location. Corey tells Blackfire to wait in the car and for Connor to watch her. And Blackfire's like, "Why did you bring me if you know if you just want me to stay in the car?" And she's like, "Because I don't know what to do with you." She's like, "I can't leave you at the manor. I can't send you home because you know the tamarind because you blew up my ship." So she goes into the building alone. And at one point, she like she rips off like the sealed door, you know, metal door. She and she's going in further and further. So it's like, okay, what's gonna be waiting for her? Connor, um, he gets in the back seat with Blackfriars, and she's like, "Why are you back? Why are you sitting back here?" And he's like, oh, I, don't know, I, "I could use a company." And he's like, "You know, labs make me feel uneasy." So then he asks her about Tamaran, and you know, she says some stuff, and she asks if he's heard about Krypton or something like that, because you know she can see the strength of Krypton in his blood, and you know he he says some stuff, and he talks about how you know he's half human, because she's like, "There's something else there too." She talks about what it's, you know, she knows what it's like to be like an alien on your own planet. And, you know, she's like, all royals can have like fire from their hands or whatever. She didn't because she was the cursed child or whatever. And then she realized that it wasn't power that she coveted. It was acceptance. And then um, then he hears something inside. He hears like some like whatever screaming or something like that. So he goes to in there. Corey finds Dr. Vo strapped to the table and she has like a bomb like Hank had like in her chest. So Connor tries going through a bunch of combinations, you know, to try to figure out how to how to stop her or whatever. And he finally, he manages, he, he does it. So he saves her. And then they just like walk out. So it's like, did they just leave her in there alone or whatever? But, uh, you know, they talk about the device and what, what Crane, Crane might want for this medical thing because it's like a replicator or whatever. So, you know, they're like, it's probably not to save kids or whatever. So he probably wants to create more of something, but it's probably like his drug. Um, they, they don't make that connection. But then when they reach the car, Corey sees that Blackfire is not in the car and she just like curses. Then we see Dick crawling through like the police air ducts and Gar's kind of guiding him, you know, through the computer blueprints, like, you know, where he's at and stuff like that. He asks if Barbara knows that he's there. And Dick's like, well, we're at an impasse. And then Dick's like, well, do you want to talk? You know, is, is he still upset? Whatever. 
And then Gar asks him, he's like, back at the cabin, he's like, were you going to kill Jason? And Dick's like, well, what makes you say that? Gar mentions, you know, Batman going off on his own, killing Joker. And then Dick goes off on his own and Dick cuts him off. He's like, Gotham got to Bruce. And so he's like, no, he's like, I wouldn't have killed Jason. And Gar says, he's like, well, I don't understand. He's like, you know, why did he go bad? You know, and you know, it was the anger or whatever. You know, he gets that, but he's, you know, Gar's like, you know, we fought alongside each other. He's like, you know, he can't be all bad. And then he's like, you know, what if it's not all his fault? And Dick's like, well, what if it is? And he's like, you know, we, we just don't know. So Barbara's at her desk and then a phone rings and it's like this special phone. She has put like her handprint on because she has like one of those like desks where like the whole desk is like a computer screen. So there's like a handprint thing and then this like secret drawer opens up and there's like this red like iPhone or whatever phone in there. So um, then I realized, oh, it must be the bat phone, right? Because it's supposedly Bruce on there. And he's like, he's like, I'll be where it all started. He's like, come quickly. And he's like, and Barbara, don't tell Dick. So then we see the drug lab. Red Hood comes in, you know, he's with his helmet and he's, he's got his gun out. You know, he's like, says he wants the drug, but they're like, it's not finished yet. And Red Hood's like, you know, give it, give me, you know, what you have. And, you know, he's like threatening to shoot them or whatever. So Dick is, so he managed to get the audio from the surgery room. So he's, he's in the cave with a gar. He's playing it back and listening. So then, you know, he's, he's like, it was a, a 12 foot precision throw. So, you know, it must be like a, like a trained assassin or something like that. And then, you know, he there's like a slash across the back. And then he's like, their killer has ability to quick, kill quickly, but likes to savor the victim's pain. So then he has guard because there's like some blades and stuff there. So he tells him to do some moves like with a different length blade, blade to recreate the sound that he's hearing. So, you know, he's like a you know six inch blade and so he does his stuff and then he's like, whatever. So he determines that the killer is between five, six and five, eight trained in sword fighting and use a 16 inch wakizashi blade he's like and she's right-handed so he's like i know who the killer is so it's like wow so then we see a flashback to dick and barbara they're up to their stealing shenanigans you know they're somewhere they their kiss and then uh you know batman calls you know dick's phone but he, you know they're like going to keep going doing whatever so they both have to enter this you know code on a keypad at the same time to open this case with the diamond or whatever and then at the same time when they're doing this, Lady Vic and some dude show up. They get in a fight. Um, like she slashes at Barbara's leg, whatever. And she's about to throw her blade at Dick, but Barbara pushes her. So by pushing her, it caused Lady Vic to stab her partner instead. And Dick and Barbara leave. And then uh, Lady Vic goes to her partner and she like takes his ring off his finger. So then Dick calls Barbara um, she's in an alley and you know rolling in her wheelchair so she ignores the call and then there's uh you see a little device is recording so the the call from Bruce was fake so lady Vic is behind her Barbara pulls her gun and tries shooting but uh, lady Vic dodges knocks the gun out of her hand um, Barbara pulls out a couple like you know fighting sticks whatever and more fighting flash goes off and you know flash grenade whatever and she takes off so then we see Corey and Connor. They arrive at the manor. She asks him to check if there's been any homicides. And he's like, do you think she's out killing people? And Corey's like, I don't know. But then they find Blackfire just lounging on the, like, the living room sofa. And Corey's like, do you know how long you know we've been looking for you? And she's like, well, I was on the wrong side of the tracks where you should have been. She's like, I went to some bars and cracked some skulls. She's like, I found out from the rats of Gotham that Crane is in bed with the mob. And there's one unhappy mobster. That's your lead. 
So Corey asks Connor, she's like, can you give us a room? So Connor leaves. And Corey's like, she's like, I can't trust a single word that comes out of your mouth. She's like, you're a liar and you have been since we were kids. And Blackfire's like, and that's worked great for you. She's like, in order for you to be the good sister, I had to be the bad one. And she's like, you're not mad that I went away. You're mad that I came back. So Dick finds Barbara in the alley. She says she's okay. He asks if she thinks it's weird that you know Lady Vic leaves her alone for six years and now wants her pound of flesh. So they wonder why Crane is using her now. And she says, you know, maybe Red Hood has lost his luster and now she's Crane's new toy. So he, he they're they're rolling, you know, going along. They they get to her place and she's like, Okay, your your escort duties are over, you can leave. And Dick's like, She wanted you dead. She's like, you know, let me at least check your apartment. She's she's like, Okay, fine. So he goes in there and, and there's like some memories from, from there because he probably hasn't been there in a while. So, you know, he's like thinking back when they were together. So it seems clear, you know, she comes in, turns the lights on and then he, um, he's like, well, I should probably go. It's late. And she's like, yeah, she's like, right. And, you know, so it's a little awkward because it's kind of like they both want him to stay, but they don't want to say that or whatever. So Lady Vic goes to Crane and he's like, is the bitch dead? And she's like, she still has some moves. So I had to skedaddle. And Crane's like, well, as long as you deliver the goods and, you know, you'll get another shot at Commissioner Gordon. So she holds up a phone with like a picture of Barbara's face up close. So she took it during the flight. She got up close and and during the fight and took a picture of her face. So not really sure what that was about. Cause, uh, and Crane is like working at, he's like fiddling with some like electronic something. So then we see Jason in uh, civilian clothes. He offers the drugs to a couple guys. He's like, it'll be the greatest high you've ever had. It's like no fear, no limits. So then the guy goes into the golden noodle house and he must have shot like the cook or something like that. And then someone comes up and I think it was Tim Drake. Uh, and Jason's just like, he's watching from outside. He takes a hit of the inhaler and then he just like, walks away. So it's probably like, hey, try this drug and you know you see how it works or whatever. So I don't know why, because I, I guess Jason's going, you know, he wants to just ca- cause all this chaos and, you know, whatever in the streets of Gotham. So then the idea is because then, then when he swoops in to save everyone, you know, he'll be the hero. I guess that's his idea. So that was the end of the episode. So it was it was good. And, you know, it was cool to see more of, you know, Dick and Barbara in the past. Because, you know, that that's something that we all know from the comics. But, you know, it's not really touched on in here. So it was it was good to, to see them, you know, interact and know that there is something there. And it just does go along to illustrate that Dick's kind of a playboy himself you know like he gets around okay then uh talking about uh clickbait again so i i I talked about uh the first episode last week just kind of briefly to the show i watched a whole eight episodes and as i mentioned last week there were at times the some of the acting was a was a little cringy and it's it's kind of a combination of some of the acting and some of the dialogue at times other times they, they were great um, I did. I would have to say, overall, I, I really liked the show. Um, I was interested in the story, and that's really what hooked me. Is uh, so, even though you know, at times some of the writing, I was rolling my eyes or whatever. The way certain things happened, it, it was just like, oh, are you serious? But with the story, I, it, it kept me going. And what's interesting about it is there is a there's like a, a bunch of twists like left and right and and stuff that you didn't really see coming because once you start to figure out what's going on and it's like oh nope it that's not not what's what it's about so just to remind you um, in case you missed it last week or whatever so there's 
the the story is about this this dude Nick Brewer, and uh, you know he's married, has two kids, and you know his sister um, is you know lives nearby, whatever, and you know their the moms are, are you know his his mom, his wife's mom, you know they're all kind of interacting with each other. But then one day this video goes up and you see Nick, the father, he's kind of beaten up. He's got like some blood on his head and he's holding up a sign that says, I, I abuse women. And it's like, wait, what? And then this, this uh, then the next sign's like, at 5 million views, I'll die or I'll be killed or I will die or something like that. And then I think the third one says, I killed a woman. So, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're like, this can't be true. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, what does all this mean? And and then it's, like, interesting because then, in, like, in the, the second episode, you know, we, we see – because what, what's interesting, each episode has, like, you know, the first episode is the sister because it's, it's talking about his sister, Pia, who I found a little annoying at times, you know, just how demanding she was, you know, because she sort of befriended or she almost came in contact with this – police detective before all this happened so then when he was kind of picking up parts of the case they're like oh hey we kind of we almost connected through like a dating site and uh but at at times she's like why didn't you tell me about this or it's like he's doing his job he doesn't have to tell you all the details but whatever the second episode you know is the detective so it you know talks about his stuff the third one's the wife so like with this one this is where we kind of get like and I don't want to spoil things, but we start getting some like bombshells. Like it was like, whoa, wait, this this thing isn't going on quite the way we thought. See, now I feel like even some of these these titles are a little well. Okay, so then uh, the fourth episode is the mistress. So you know, it turns out that Nick had like a dating you know, profile and on some other app or something like that. And so there's this woman that, that came forward and said that, you know, she lived in in LA. They're like in uh, the Bay area that the family, Nick and everything. But so she's like, you know, she lives in LA and, you know, because he would go on trips down there and they saw each other, talk to each other all the time and everything like that. And this is just like this big shocker. Okay. Well, so one thing I will spoil is his wife, had an affair that's what you find out i think it was like the second episode or something like that so at first it's like you know he was like really upset and everything you know they're wondering is like could this dude that she was his wife was having an affair with because she had killed him but then we find out so okay wait maybe nick wasn't as innocent as he seemed because he was having an affair so it's like wait what's going on um and then that happens and then the fifth episode is the reporter because there's this dude like trying to find out information and there's like this one girl that Nick was was a uh, quote unquote Nick because he's different names or whatever. She ended up she was dead, so it's like what happens? And he tries to track her down or anything like that. Um, episode six is the brother, so that's the brother of the girl who died. And again, why did this girl die? How did she die? Was she killed? Was Nick responsible and stuff like that? And then episode seven is the son, and then episode eight's the answer. So, yeah, without getting into it, because, uh, I, I, again, I really don't want to spoil things. This is a show, if you can get through certain parts that will be a little like, oh, my goodness, it's, it's worth checking out. I mean, I do recommend watching this, and it's, it's just it's kind of surprising, like, some of the things that they did. And, and it, was, it was kind of refreshing, in a way, seeing, like, these different twists and everything. Because part of it, when you, you start to look at it, and, you know, we, we probably all do this, you know, when you watch, like, 
detective mystery shows and you know you want to try to figure out what's going on and you know who did it whatever and when you start to see some you know you see some of the pieces fall together so it's almost like they're kind of leading you certain ways maybe it's hard to say you know some people maybe they might not pick up on it uh, but I, i'm assuming we're kind of we are meant to pick up on on certain things but then right when you think you're like oh maybe it must be this but then whoosh, they like pull the rug out from under you and then it starts going somewhere else and then you find out something else and so at first i'm like holy God, how many twists are there? there's like all these different things and i was kind of thinking like is it like too much because that's one thing you know it, it's it's always cool when there's a, a twist that you don't see coming but at the same time you got to be careful with that you know you don't want to do a twist just to do a twist and then you know, just to shake everything up and, and catch everyone off guard so i i feel like there's there's a, a really good balance with that that you know we we do get these these crazy twists and stuff like that but it kind of falls into place yeah there's some things that you know i would kind of call into question but I think it's it's a they they did a good job with this. It got mixed reviews. It looked like so on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at a forty two percent based off of nineteen critic reviews. So this is on according to Wikipedia. So it might be more than that by now. The website's critic consensus reads: with an array of flashy, half formed idea and thin characterizations, clickbait is more akin to its namesake rather, or it's more akin to its namesake than the deeper show it aspires to be. Metacritic, it's at uh, 48 out of 100 based on 12 critics indicating mixed or average reviews. Yeah, like I said, you know, it's if you can overlook certain things, I, I really like what they, they set out to do. And, you know, I, I think they, they did a good job in, in um, just laying things out. Some things, it's a little unreal, like with the reporter, I'm looking, so it's almost like, so this reporter was like this online reporter and then I was like, is he working for like a website or is he working for a network? You know, it, that wasn't really clear. I, I felt like that kind of changed a little bit as well. And so, I don't know, maybe just from my my personal experience, you know, re- doing journal, my pseudo journalism. I don't even know if you want to call it journalism, but, you know, I did news and interviews and stuff like that. Uh, but it's just like, yeah, so you see how things kind of change and like just some of the stuff that he did and like some things were just kind of easy. So like, so I will say the reporter gets a hold of the dead girl's phone and I won't say how he got it. He gets it. He plugs it into his computer and then he's able to back it up without like a passcode or anything like that. It's like, it's not that easy, at least to my knowledge. You know, I'm, I'm no like Uber techs, you know, tech expert, but it's, it's, that doesn't happen. So it's just, there's at times like that where it's just like little things like that just happen too easily. And it's almost like, Hey, for the sake of the story, you know, just look the other way. We're just gonna, you know, jump over this little little hurdle just to move the story forward. That's fine. That's great. You know, it doesn't have to be entirely realistic. You know, we kind of expect that, but it's the same thing. Like if if you're watching like a, a you know Marvel movie, you know, oh this person can fly, you accept it because that's the universe is created. But for a show like this, we're we're assuming that this is set like in the real world, so that everything has to be this way. So we're assuming the tech has to be, you know, password protected and all, you know, whatever. Just little little things like that, you know, if you can overlook it. And um, <laughs> and, then, and uh, so like the outcome of the story, it's just, it's kind of, it's a little heavy in, in a way. It's just like, holy crap. It's like, man. 
but it, it is is kind of interesting when you, you're like it makes you wonder like how well do you know people and, and, and so forth. And, you know, um, as far as the title, I think, I think that's my biggest problem with the show is the fact that it's called clickbait. I associate clickbait with like news articles, like, Oh, you know, <laughs> like I see when Disney plus is, is putting up a hated Marvel movie up or whatever. And so it's like, wait, okay, what is this hated movie that, that they're now streaming or, you know, or it's like, you'll never believe what happened when these two people met, you know, type of thing. And so that's clickbait is where you're trying to get someone to, you're baiting, you're baiting them to click on it. I don't see really how that applies to this. You know, there was the video and people were watching it, but that's more like a viral video. That's not really clickbait. And so I don't know. So I think that's, that's my biggest problem with the show is the title. I feel like clickbait should have been used for something differently, but I guess it kind of fits. I don't know. So I, I think you should check it out. Uh, you know, you maybe watch the trailer. You know, if you want to Google a trailer on YouTube, whatever, clickbait, clickbait Netflix, or just start watching it. You know, watch the first couple episodes. And and you, if you if you have an open mind, I think you'll, you'll kind of get pulled into the story. So let's just leave it at that. I don't think I need to say anything more. Like I said, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I, I was satisfied. I'm, I'm glad I watched it. it. You know, I don't feel like I wasted whatever less than eight hours. Cause I think the episodes are like, like 40 something minutes. So I, I, I was fine watching it. I, I think it's, it's worth, worth checking out. Okay. Then the first movie feature this week, I totally forgot this was coming out, like when it was coming out. Cause usually it's like digital first and then whatever, then, you know, the Blu-ray and the physical format. So we have Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. So the, the first, uh, Mortal Kombat movie or not the first one, but the one that just came out, uh, was it last year already? Uh, you know, that, that was about Scorpion. And, uh, I, I like these movies. I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan. I, I just want to straight up say that I've always preferred Tekken. You know, Mortal Kombat might be the superior fighting game. You know, it feels like it's just been around longer and been more innovative, and just it keeps going. Uh, I'm intrigued with the the characters and the stories, and so like watching these movies for me, it's interesting because while you know I played the games. And I've kind of learned, you know, the, their stories like throughout, like especially with these movies. I feel like, you know, watching it, you know, so like watching the the previous animated movie and then watching the live action Mortal Kombat movies, you know, it, you get to see how do you, what the the characters are about, you know, like what what their their background stories are. So it's kind of interesting and everything. After the last movie where they had the whole Mortal Kombat thing, so it's like, well, wait, how can we do another movie? Why is there going to be another Mortal Kombat? And it's explained here. So I'll go through a little bit of the movie um, without hitting like all the major beats or whatever. But, you know, it starts off, you see this uh, like mother and father with this like an infant are being chased on the street. These beasts are after them. Uh, the father gets like decapitated. Then the mother gets impaled. Uh, the, the monster creature things are about to chomp on the baby. But then Raiden appears and she's like, tell him. Tell him he was loved, and and she dies. Then it just jumps to there's like this army of beasts attacking like this castle of humans or something like that. So 
to me, I'm like, wait, what is going on? I'm assuming maybe they mention it. I mean, I don't know if I got, if I was distracted for a moment and missed something. So this is probably like in another realm, I'm assuming. So there's like this castle kind of like humans and there's like all these creatures are getting killed, but they just keep coming and everything like that. And there's this like wing one like swoops in, starts chopping and then Kung Lao's hat comes spinning up and like slices it in half, like, you know, vertically. And uh, his hat is like Captain America's shield the way it comes up. And then this helicopter comes like smashing in. It's like, wait, what? And, you know, it's, uh, you know, Jackson and Stryker are on there or whatever. Oh, because like, you know, Kung Lao was like about to get, you know, smashed or whatever. And then uh, we see uh, Johnny Cage. He goes, he's at another part. He's like Katana, Jade and others. He's trying to get them to surrender and they're like, they're scoffing at him because at first they, they think that he's the earthlings are trying to surrender or earthlings, I guess they're earthlings, but you know, he's like telling them to, to surrender or whatever. Then Shao Kahn arrives and Raiden, you know, they're there, whatever, but Raiden actually wants to settle things now. And, you know, he wants to try to end all of this stuff. So he goes through a, a portal with Shao Kahn and they're just going to like try to figure out something like that. There's this other story. Um, Chinook wants something in Scorpion's soul. So he has like this key and they don't really know what, what, what they don't really explain what it is about just at this point. But then, uh, so Raiden and Shao Kang, they went to talk to the elder gods. They want their permission to create a mortal combat to protect the earth realm from being attacked by the other realm. Raiden wants to enter the, um, for the earth realm. But Shao Kang's like, you can't because it's a mortal combat. But then Raiden's like, well, I don't have to be. So basically, he's going to shed his godhood in order so he can fight. So like the others are waiting. Um, the portals open up and the creatures start leaving. And, and Raiden's back. He's like, they're, they're leaving to prepare for the tournament. You know, so it's going to be a, a final tournament to determine the future of, of other realm and all the others, whatever. And Raiden tells him that he's relinquished his godhood to fight them, for them, whatever. Then Scorpion shows up. Raiden's impressed. He, he escaped another realm again. They talk about Chinook wanting the key. It, and it's supposed to um, get the last remnants of, of the last being, the one being or something like that. And if he comes back, he'll begin to unravel all the realms. So he's like, you can't let him get this. You know, he, he, he tells Scorpion he's got to run or hide or whatever. So then they're going to go to the fortress of Shao Kahn and over the next like couple days, they're going to see who's worthy enough to be the champion of Mortal Kombat, whatever. And then that's where the, the fights start going. And um, the fights get, get a little tense, as, as you would expect or whatever. But it's always kind of crazy how they they do a lot of like the x-ray vision like fighting stuff so you see like someone like and like someone's like ribs and stuff just like shatter away but then they're still like fighting it's like what what how's that possible and but it's almost like when you see like the punch like someone's arm like and you see like pieces of bone fragment flying but they're still it's the bone's still encased within the skin so it's not like it's flying through the skin so there's just a bunch of crazy stuff like that uh what i will say is um some of uh, the the main characters, some of the heroes, not everyone's going to survive this. I don't know if this is something that's ever addressed in any of the games or something like that. If if you know there's there's story modes or anything like that. So like some of these characters, they're dying. I'm sure there's some way they can be resurrected or you know you know someone one of the elder gods or someone can probably do something. I don't know the physics and you know how all that works. But as some of it's kind of kind of surprising, kind of crazy. How you know someone's like like wow okay 
because like one person gets like brutal it's like this this person's dead it's not just like a a little wound like shoulder wound or something like that it's just like d-e-a-d you're you're gone (laughs) so it's just it's kind of crazy so i mean i i enjoyed the movie i thought it was fine um and but again i'm not like a hardcore mortal Kombat fan i would think that if you are a bigger mortal Kombat fan you might like it more I'm assuming you would like it more and not to be like, oh, this this shouldn't be right. Because I, I feel like they do a good job with it. And I, I kind of like, you know, the animation style for this. You know, it kind of fits and everything. And the voice acting is good. You know, they, they the characters feel like or they sound like how they should. There's actually there's like a gag reel on the the the, the Blu-ray. And it shows them like in the, the studios, like recording stuff and, you know, some people adding ad-libbing, you know, stuff that was probably like, I, I would imagine the people recording, you're like, you need to stop ad-libbing because we can't use that. And so check it out. It is available now. It's on Blu-ray. It's on 4K. I assume it's it's available digitally as well. Like I said, it, it didn't come out digitally early because usually it comes out digitally and then it's like two weeks later, the physicals come out. So you should check it out, especially if you watch the other Mortal Kombat. If you like Mortal Kombat, you should watch it. If you don't like Mortal Kombat, you, may, you might like this, but maybe you wouldn't if you don't like it. But it's, it's pretty cool to, to watch this. So I think it's cool that we've had two animated Mortal Kombat movies so close to each other. So I think that that's a good thing. Maybe we'll get another one. Maybe they'll, they'll come up with another story. And I don't even know, like, the story here. I don't know... If it's something that's come from Mortal Kombat 9 or, you know, something like that, like one of the other games, or if it's just like totally new, I don't know. You probably know, and you're probably like, oh, why don't you know this? I I don't play that many more. I don't have time to play video games. It's, I watched it on my PlayStation, my PlayStation 4. I still don't have a 5 because I don't ever see them in a store. But, but anyways, Mortal Kombat, uh, you should, Legends of, uh, not Legends of the Ten Ring, Mortal Kombat... Um, Battle of the Realms. Um, next, now let's talk about the Ten Rings. The main movie feature Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So I have to say, I'm glad to say, happy to say, again, apart from now knowing how to say his name properly, I'm I'm happy that I I know that it, the movie was better than I thought. I was kind of hesitant because with the the character in the comics. You know, I can't say that I was ever like a big fan of his, and I think my problem is I had just hadn't read a whole bunch of them. You know, with with Iron Fist, you know, when when Shang Chi, I'm I'm assuming Shang Chi was created around the same time as like Iron Fist. You know, during the 70s when martial arts was like all the craze and everything. But I feel like there hasn't really been a lot of comics with him. You know, he appeared every now and then. You know, in in comics stuff like that. I didn't really know who he was, you know, yet now currently, um, or just recently, you know, he had a, a series. Is he in the second series now? Recent series. But, you know, we, we've, we've, we're getting to see more of him and about his family. And so for me, it's like, was, was this always a case? You know, did he always have this long, you know, dark history with his, his family, with his, you know, whatever, his, his parent or his dad or whatever. So, you know, like, you know, we've, you've seen him and his kind of siblings, you know, there's other siblings, so-called siblings, and, you know, it's made me wonder, it's like with the comics, like, wait, how old is he? Because, you know, we know his dad's old. So it's it's interesting the, to see this where, again, I'm just unaware of his comic book history so much because it just seems like he's he's popped up from, from time to time. So with, with the movie, 
when this first came out, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting that we're we're getting like a non Avengers level, you know, movie, you know, story. And I was, I was like, that's cool because not everything has to be super big, flashy. You know, we're, we're I think we're kind of spoiled and you know how we expect that and want that. But it was kind of cool that we see something a little different. And you know, it's in San Francisco, so I'm like, is Ant Man going to show up? Uh, is you know, so it's nice to be away from like New York City. You know, it's just something a little little different. And what we can say, or what I, I'll say about this movie, what I really like about it is. As much as I, you know, I love all the Marvel movies and I love all the continuity and all that, it was really cool to see how this movie just like unfold. It it did a great job of presenting who these characters are, showing them to introducing us to them and and having them fit in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, be, because there's nothing Avengers related, you know, you don't have to know, you know, you don't have to have really watched the past 10, whatever plus years of Marvel movies to get into this. And, you know, there is mention of like, you know, half the population being wiped out, you know, in a, in a, with a snap or a blink or whatever. So kind of like, you know, you need to live life type of thing. So, you know, you do have that acknowledgement. So we know that this exists in the Marvel world you know, it always bugs me when there's like zero acknowledgement that, hey, these big crazy things happen. Like, I mean, with the recent like Hellstrom TV show, which I, don't, I, I can't believe I just pulled that out. I totally forgot about that show. But when you watch that show, it feels like there's never been like a, a, someone named Iron Man doesn't even exist. And it, it kind of makes it hard when you think about, okay, if there's like this big, huge threat wouldn't one of the other heroes get wind of it and try to help out? Cause that's kind of like their job. And it's not like, you know, if someone's sitting in, you know, like in Avengers tower or whatever, they're like, Oh, something's happening in Nebraska. Well, it's, they'll, they'll take care of it. You know, it's, it's kind of be like their duty. It's like, well, Hey, maybe we can help out. You know, they're going to want to try to help. So with this movie, while some big stuff's happening, it doesn't really draw it. It's, it's not like it's going to make huge news. So it's not like, why isn't anyone else doing anything? Because this is so kind of like separated in, in a kind of a interesting and, and convenient way. And by convenient, I don't mean like a cheap, easy way. And it's for the story. It, it works out that way. So I do like how, how all this um, came about. And, you know, the movie... <laughs> well, I guess I should talk... Let me talk about my experience with, with the theater. So as you know, I go to the theater. I'm I'm super paranoid. You know, I'm fully vaccinated, been vaccinated. I wear my mask all the time. And when I go, you know, so I'm going to the theater. I'm I'm feeling comfortable in the theater. And when I've been going to the theater, it hasn't been full. You know, there's been a lot of people, you know, spaced out and everything. So it has not been a problem. Like when I saw Candyman, even though there was like a lot of people that went there, there was like no one else in my row up until like the, I I sit on the aisle, so there was like a couple people way at the other I'm in my row at the other end of the aisle. So I usually go like towards the back, like the second or third row from the back in the aisle seat. So there's even if there's going to be other people in my row, they're not sitting next to me. So I, I got there, you know, like ten, whatever, fifteen minutes earlier, something like that, and then some dude sits next to me. 
And I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, I didn't say that, but I was just like, like what are you doing, dude? I was like, and I'm thinking, I was like, I was, you know, did you go, go sit in the wrong row? Because, you know, you, you buy your tickets ahead of time. You pick your seats. So I was like, why would you sit? Why would you pick a seat right next to me when there's the rest of the theater? So I was just like, he's okay. He's sitting there. He's like, is he in the wrong row? Pull out my phone. I'm like, okay, let's look at the tickets. I see like what tickets are available. It was like practically sold out. I mean, there's like a couple seats in the front. There's like the the handicap uh, seats that are open. So I'm like, whoa, this movie's like almost sold out. I went to a Thursday night six thirty showing, and it was in one of the there's like two big screen theaters, like the bigger theaters. There was a six six o'clock or six o five showing, which was probably in one of the smaller theaters. And there was also like an eight thirty showing, which I guess would probably be maybe and then maybe there's like one after that. So I was like, wow, it, this is selling out, which is awesome. <laughs> and then the other thing that made my my experience a little um, interesting. So, you know, we, we, we sit, it's a big reclining seats, you know, big armrests and everything. So even though if you're sitting next to someone, you're not that close. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But next to the dude was like this kid and his mom. As the movie starts off and we're seeing like the story of Shang-Chi, like his parents, basically how his parents met and everything like that, who his dad is, how he got the the rings, which the rings are bracelets. They're not rings. They're like on his arm, but they're 10 rings. (laughs) Anyway, so there's a it's it's subtitled, you know, because there's there's they're all talking Chinese and uh, this mom is reading everything to the kid. I'm like, are you serious? And she's not even like whispering. I mean, she's talking loud enough that I could hear her like from three seats away. Big, three big seats away. I'm hearing her talk. It's like, you get close to your kid and you whisper in his ear. You don't talk in a normal voice, but she must've been talking loud enough that I could hear over the volume of the movie. And I, I, I wasn't going to get up and yell at her because I obviously I'm not like a rude jerk, but a couple of times I lean forward and like look over and I'm noticing the dude next to me that I don't know who he is. He's just like, somehow he's totally ignoring it. And he's just like straight up looking at the movie, which is, you know, maybe that's what you should do. Pay attention to the movie, right? That's why you paid money to watch the movie. But just kept doing this. And I'm just like, are you serious? And it, and then it's just, it kept going. It kept going because there's like so much subtitle at the beginning. And this lady's just, <laughs> which is fine, not a big deal. And, you know, part of it is like, I should be happy that this mom took her little kid. And, you know, I don't know how old the kid was. I didn't really get a good look at him. So, you know, maybe the kid can't read or maybe it was a lot to read. So it's like, this is great that this lady is taking her kid to see this Marvel, you know, maybe he's a huge Marvel fan or whatever. And uh, so there's all that. <laughs> it was just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I had to deal with it. I forget what my point was, what I was getting at, but you know, so we're, we're introduced to the characters. We, we see what happens to his dad, but what's interesting then is, um, Shang Chi, he's living like a normal life in San Francisco. So his friend, he's friends with Katie, um, Aquafina, and I have some some issues with Aquafina's character. I don't really know Aquafina from very. I haven't seen her much. I, I guess she was in Crazy Rich Asians. I I need to watch that movie again. I, I barely remember. Um, but she was in Jumanji, and 
in Jumanji, from what I recall, it's, it's almost like it was like that forced comedy. And, you know, the whole movie, you know, it, there's a lot of comedy in there. But with the Marvel movies, you know, we do have a lot of comedy, which is great because it's not all dark and dreary like the DC, you know, superhero movies are. But sometimes it can be a bit much, like there's too much forced humor. And and I get that. Like if you watch the trailer, you know, there's this big fight on the bus and she ends up driving the bus and that, you know, they scrape side by side with his garbage truck at the end. And at the end, she's like, we make a great team. You know, just like, 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 ha ha, that was funny. And so, you know, you get a bit of that. But I do have to say she wasn't as bad as I feared. Or the, the character wasn't as bad as I feared. There are some fine moments. Um, she does do something, like, really kind of important at the end. And it's just like, where the heck did that come from? You know, how how was she able to do that? And I'm just like, really? So that, that, that probably bothered me the most of, of this. As far as the movie goes, so you know we we do see the the fight is is amazing. You know, uh, like one of the concerns where you know a lot of times in martial arts movies, what what happens is we get a lot of like boom 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 boom, like a lot of just like quick cuts. So it's like pop 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 pop, you know, like all all this like punching and hitting and kicking, but it's just like really fast and rapid, and it it kind of makes I, I I'm assuming one. Um, reason for that is it gives it a more chaotic feel like just rapid movement like boom boom like just the action going and everything but it also can help by hiding things you know making things you know just because you're you're doing all these quick cuts so you know you don't have to worry about you know if something doesn't look like it landed or connected or whatever because it's just it's going to cut to the next thing so quick it's just so sudden so with this they do like a lot of like wide shots and like overhead shots and so it's like you can't really fake it as easily but i'm sure with the marvel movie magic whatever and i'm sure at times you know people were on harnesses and they just you know digitally erased them or whatever and so you know you do get a lot of that although i will say during like the flashback stuff with shang chi's parents when they're fighting because whatever because i don't want to go into details but you know shang chi he got the rings and he did all the stuff and then you know he meets her and then Anyway, so they they end up fighting, but it's almost like they were dancing more than they were fighting, and and there's a lot of this. I, I know, a lot of it's like as they're fighting, it's like grabbing the arm and, and they're like going around in a circle. It's just like, what what is, what is this? And so there is some of that, but like if you look at the bus scene, I don't know how much of of the scene was released in the trailer or if they've released more of it online. They tend to do that. I mean, it's it's a really cool scene. Uh, we get Razor Fist, and I don't think know if that's a spoiler or not, but that was really cool to see. I wasn't expecting that, and the, but the fight is it's we we do get some really cool fights, and what's interesting about this is like wait, how does this happen? All of a sudden, you know, is is he always been fighting people on buses and stuff like that? But no, he he's actually. And little minor spoilers, you know, he's actually been living, like I think I mentioned, like a normal life. Him and Katie, Aquafina, they're just like valets. You know, that's their job. They just work, they park cars. You know, they, it's almost, it's not that they don't have any ambition or whatever, but they're, they're enjoying life. They, they, you know, they hang out together. They go to karaoke bars and, you know, stay up late. You know, she's like, we, you know, we should probably, you know, we have to work early tomorrow. So we should probably, you know, call it a night. We could do that. Or, and then you see them like out partying and drinking and passing out. And 
So, you know, that that was all kind of fun and everything, you know, developing who these characters are, making them a little more human. So, you know, that was all, you know, fun and stuff. Then you find out, it's like, oh, he kind of kept all this, you know, his past life, his dad and his training, all that was kind of like a secret. And that kind of makes sense because, you know, what what, he, what was he doing all this time? And so we, 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 we find out like what happened when he left and, and everything like that. So that was all good. And then getting pulled back into, you know, so the, the story is, and this isn't really spoiler, but his mom was killed and then, you know, the dad like really went dark and everything like that. And that's kind of like why Shang-Chi left, but then he gets like pulled into it and he, that this is, you know, on his way there is where he ends up at the cage match place where you see Wong and Abomination fighting, which was weird and cool. Then Shang-Chi meets up with his sister and, uh, and then, you know, they get pulled into like the stuff with their dad. Cause basically their dad is convinced that their mom is still alive, that she's being held at this like other place, this other, like, I don't know how much I should say about it. So basically he wants to go there and free her, but they're like, dad, she's dead. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, she's talking to me and stuff like that. So he's like really obsessed with this. And so in a way, you know, the dad is the villain, but he's more like a misguided villain. Cause you know, he's, he's, he's just going after his true love. He wants to save her. So we have all that. And then it just, it, you know, it expands from there. And the other thing I'll kind of spoil is there's dragons, dragon at the end and uh that's all fine everything you know because obviously we had dragon and iron fist but it then it's like it it while the movie is very grounded in reality then it really starts to veer off a bit it's like whoa what and again that's fine that's kind of without giving too much weight that's kind of what i was alluding to as to how this keeps it separate from like all the other marvel heroes all the avengers and everyone else and why this big crazy stuff can happen without drawing attention of, of everyone else. So it, it all works out like with that. The only other thing, so like I said, so I did enjoy the movie. The couple things with Katie kind of, you know, cause something else happens at the end and Katie's involved. And it's like, why, you know, why, why is she included in this? You know, but whatever. So, Without giving too much away about the mid credit scene, we... Okay, so this is going to be minor spoilers, so just uh, keep a note of that for the next... I mean, the, the podcast is almost over. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be wrapping things up pretty soon. Because I don't think I don't think I have much else to say. You know, it was it was great. The fighting, the style, everything was, was cool. Great job. Really fascinated with this. I'm interested in this character. You know, I do want to see more. It is interesting how you know they do set up sequels or a sequel. You know, they could expand his role in the MCU. So all that's cool and great. I'm totally down. I'm on board. Loved the movie way more than I thought I would. I'm so happy to be proven wrong that my my doubts or concerns were squashed away. And you should see it. It's uh, it's doing really well. Before I get into like the spoiler things, I haven't done, gone there yet. Um, they're projecting like fifty million, maybe more. And I wonder if this has to do with the fact that it's not available on Disney Plus Premiere or whatever. 
because uh, you know they're saying it's breaking records, you know Labor Day weekend records, and you know be doing all this stuff. But I wonder if that says something about the Disney Plus. You know, it's forcing people. If you want to see this movie, you got to go to the theater. And I totally get some people might not feel safe going to the theater. You know, depending on is do you trust your theater? Is your theater even open? You know, I I feel safe. You know, my theater is super clean. I you know I I trust it. I think they do a great job cleaning it. It always looks nice. And, you know, with the seats being so big, you know, even if you like this, if you, if you are seated next to someone, you are spread apart. You know, you keep your mask on. If you're going to eat popcorn, you take it off and whatever. And, you know, I was on the aisle. But I get that some people might not want to go to the movie. And, you know, they're a little hesitant to to do that. So, unfortunately, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to see it for 45 days or less. I think it's like October 18th is what it comes down to. My understanding, what it sounds like once... Uh, that October 18th-ish date comes. I think it's just going to be on regular Disney+. Plus. I don't know if they would charge. I would think that, you know, 45 days and then you start doing, you know, on demand and charging people. And maybe, I don't know if they, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll just try to do that. Because again, you want to make more money. But maybe the, the 45 days will be, I mean, it, it's huge. You know, that that's big for this. I mean, it, it should be bigger. It should be a bigger opening. It would be a bigger opening if we weren't in a pandemic still, you know, we're still in the remnants of it. You know, there, there's still reason to be cautious. So it is interesting that it has such a big box office opening and it makes you wonder then like, how would Black Widow have done if it didn't have the Disney plus? And just the fact that really bothers me is the fact that Black Widow was like the top pirated movie at the time. I, you're, you're not entitled to watch this stuff for free. And, you know, the, the movies, if they're not successful, they're not going to keep making them. So, you know, this is great that this is successful and, and I, you know, I do want to see more. So anyways, it's, it's interesting to see that. And I wonder if it's because of the lack of Disney plus, or maybe it's the Labor Day week. I don't know. So we, we have all that. So bravo to everyone involved. Congratulations. Now, as far as some like tiptoeing around some spoilers, what's interesting about the mid-credit scene, and I I don't want to I'm not gonna mention specifics because again, I understand you can't see it, but in the mid-credit scene, so there are a couple other characters sort of there. One thing that's interesting, and this might be a big hint, is one of the characters, the hairstyle. So with the, the change in the hairstyle, that means this must not be happening right after Endgame. So some time must have happened. So that would have to put this movie more into the future because since um, Endgame moved the movie five years forward to, was it 2022 or was it something like that? Or was it more? I, I'm losing track now. So this movie has to be further in the future but there are some contradictions and it's like, well, then how does the timeline match up? Because Shang-Chi mentions when he was like 14 or something like that, that, you know, when he went to a new, well, maybe he was 14, when he went to school, you know, kids were calling him Gungam style, you know, and that song is like, that wouldn't have matched up with his age and but whatever, you know, it's it's a movie universe, it doesn't have to be identical to ours. But there, there's that interesting thing is like, well, what does this mean with the timeline? Like how much further? The second character was, <laughs> tick, 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 I'm tiptoeing, 
was like in a different form as well. <laughs> and the question is like, how could this character be in this different form? So something must have happened between Endgame and Shang-Chi to allow this change to happen. <laughs> I hate tiptoeing things. I know some people are like, it's like, don't tiptoe. It's, it's, it's annoying. But at the same time, there's a, and I know I'm saying spoilers, don't listen, but whatever. So, I mean, those are just some things to think about, you know, minor things. It doesn't affect the overall movie. It's just more concerned with the phase four, whatever, the cinematic universe. Like, what does this mean? And, you know, I'm just really curious about the, the time because we're not specifically told like when exactly this takes place. So that's just interesting. So when you watch the movie, you know, think about that and, you know, hopefully we'll find, and I, I seriously doubt it's a mistake in any, you know, in any regards, because they have to have this, this plan planned out. So it's all probably happening for a reason. So there you go. Um, it's just something to think about there. So it was a good movie. You should watch it. You should check it out. Um, support it if you can. If you feel comfortable. If you're able to. Uh, if you can't, I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's going to suck that you have to wait till October. I really hope you can avoid spoilers. Um, there is like one other character which I don't think was a spoiler. No, it did come out. I was spoiled because I didn't know uh, this character was in the movie, and I was annoyed when I heard about it. The, that character's return was welcome. Was great even funny at times and i embraced that hilarity so that that was cool to see and if you watch it you should know who i'm talking about and it was because it was a connection to the again the cinematic universe which was great but with that i think that's going to be the podcast for this week so big thanks to dave mcphail and andrew loken they are big supporters of the show you can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gman from heck any amount you can commit to will be awesome. And if you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week talking about West coast Avengers, Avengers West coast from 1989. Probably do that for maybe a couple more weeks and then uh, probably do a couple movies and then maybe another comic story arc, which I haven't decided what yet. So if you have any uh, requests or thoughts, let me know. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gman from heck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or two. And that is ko dash or hyphen fi.com slash gman from heck. So what is going to happen next week? Next week is going to be malignant. Um, I don't know if there's anything else coming out. So malignant is a, it's, I think it's produced by James Wan, so it's it's going to be a, it's a creepy, spooky movie, and it's also going to be on HBO Max, and it's a it's a freaky movie. It, I'm not really sure what it's about, but if you watch the trailer without spoiling too much, but there's this there, I mean there's like some killings going on, and this lady realizes you know she had this childhood friend I think his name was Gabriel. And, she, you know, is Gabriel really alive doing the killing? And it's just, there's a lot of like creepy moments and stuff like that. So I can't wait to see that. I feel like I have to see that in a theater because I like watching the creepy movies in a big, dark theater. So even though I could watch it on HBO Max, I might have to pay to see it. And it's, and again, it, I, I feel good paying to support them. I don't know if my click view on HBO Max is helping at all because... 
you know, I'm subscribing or whatever for HBO. It's not making a difference, but I, I may, may do that. Um, and then other things, uh, Rick and Morty was on. So I, I think it was right. Um, as I record this, it hasn't aired, but I think it's, it's going to air this weekend, the season finale. Um, what star girl, what if Titans, I, I don't And I'm sure there'll be something else. There's usually something else that pops up that I just can't think of. But that's what we have. So this has been a week. Hope you had a great uh, Labor Day weekend, um, which is pr- still kind of going on as you, you maybe depending on when you listen to this. I hope your week is going fine. I am just exhausted from working, um, but I hope you are doing well. I hope you are staying safe. I hope you are taking care of yourself. I hope you're having a great time. And I hope you remember to be good to each other. 